When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for all of The Walking Dead. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season one, episode six, titled Coming Home. Aaron, this is a season finale for the Daryl Dixon show. Uh, soon to be the Daryl Dixon and Friends show? Uh, we'll see. Uh, what do you think of this episode? I mean, it's it. Uh, it's a better than average episode of The Walking Dead. Uh, I think this is a better than average season of The Walking Dead. Um, it's actually so close to flirting with greatness. Um, as I was watching this, uh, you know, on, and I and I was reflecting on, like, like we got to this scene at the end where Daryl Uno reverse storms Omaha Beach, mm-hmm. and I'm like holy shit i can't believe they're going for this and i can't believe it's kind of sort of working like thematically and where daryl's been on his journey and you know norman reed is kind of selling his search for his father's tomb or grandfather's tombstone and the emotional impact of that and then they fumbled the bag by having laurent show up like if you're going to do something that stupid do that at the beginning of the next season like like 5 seconds into next season have Laurent Dale Monsieur Daryl like I, as soon as i heard his voice i'm like oh god is daryl like hallucinating this cuz if he's seeing it it's fucking stupid but like they're they're mm-hmm. like I, and but that's the thing it's like i don't i don't usually get i haven't been frustrated with the walking dead since like i don't know mid-season six yeah like it's 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 it went from like failing to live up to my expectation expectations to successfully living down those expectations Mm -hmm. i feel at the end of daryl dixon i'm right at like end of season three form where i'm just extraordinarily frustrated because this show is so close to being good just like genuinely good like i could go on twitter and be like holy shit guys the walking dead is back oh my god and they just can't get there and it's disappointing because like i'm legit excited for the euro things they can do in the walking dead like my god the castles alone yeah but they're just you're not going to dedicate the talent or the budget to to make those actually be good so it's the walking dead uh that's about as good high a praise as i can give it uh (laughs) that it that it flirted with greatness on about three of these episodes how about you well, the worst thing I can say is it's The Walking Dead. I mean, it falls into all the same patterns of storytelling that The Walking Dead has become known for to, to its uh, disgrace. You know, I characters making decisions that seem completely out of line with the decisions that they have made in the past with no explanation until later, if you're lucky. Um, 
the cliffhanger stuff, like you said with Laurent, why why do we need to cliffhanger every single season? Like people who are in on The Walking Dead are either coming back or they're not. You're not going to cliffhanger anybody into it. Um, I, I did not find. I found the coincidence of Norman Reedus just fumble fucking his way to the beach of Normandy or whatever, wherever he's supposed to be here with the tombstone of his grandfather just happening. Like you got an entire fucking country here and he walks up on the one tombstone where his grandfather is buried. Just too much, too far for me to to follow them down that road. I have an explanation for that. Okay. (laughs) Maybe, maybe you headcanon something, but I don't, I don't know that the episode told me why he might just walk right into his father's tomb or his grandfather's tombstone. I don't know. All that stuff adds up to an episode that I found to be annoying in a lot of ways. And not in the ways of like, oh, you were so close to greatness, but like, oh, yeah, no, this is still The Walking Dead. This is what they do. You don't think Lo Sang intended that to happen? Like, he told Daryl to go to this one specific location where the boat was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knew Dar- like Daryl's backstory. Like, I, I, I feel like you're supposed to understand that this is Aslan's watch. Like this is like these. This is a highly uh, manipulative may, set of people that applies crazy emotional pressure, and I think and he arranged has, has cataloged the entirety of the tombstones here and knows that no, his he would just grandfather that is on if, this beach. I mean, this graveyard is built to hold the people that died on the beach of Normandy. Yeah, so but there like are many graveyards death. that are that are dedicated to that. It's not just uh, not one of the beach. Normandy. Uh-huh. Like yes, there are many there are many graveyards in France that hold American soldiers, both in World War One and World War Two. Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But like I don't know, like I to me it's like this was pretty clear that this was Aslan's watch. That it's it's a like maybe you could say it's a Thanos type of gambit. That it's like a long shot. But like I like I said, if if you're reasonably certain or you got a better, I would say better than fifty fifty odds that guy's grandfather died in the beaches of france he probably is buried in there and there um wow i think it works right. especially 50 50 seems a huge claim but and, like, and okay and if, if he didn't intend it to happen why laurent showing up at the end because laurent just like, followed that, him laurent does that laurent's you know a, you a precocious solo? kid uh-huh Oh, Jesus. Yeah, totally. Well, like I said, it's a mixed bag. And I, I don't know. Maybe I was um, willing to go along with it. Or maybe I, I also get the I, I've also gotten the impression this season that I'm a little bit more into this. And I'm like actually being like, oh, Aslan, you know, he's got this. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, you know, puzzle that he was set before him to do personal development. And Lo Sang did it. And here's Lo Sang. And he's but but I don't know. Like I said, I, I was like. I I was genuinely emotionally gripped up at several points in this season, and I think that um, graveyard sequence is one of them. And like I said, that's not like it worked for you at all, but it came really close to to working for me. Yeah, uh, I mean, I get what they're shame. I get what they're going for most of the time. Um, it just seems like they also have those Walking Dead tendencies that ends up ruining that stuff for me. Um, and the acting is, I would say. You know, the acting has never been Walking Dead's worst aspect. I think they've mm-hmm. found a lot of good actors. They've also found some bad actors. I don't see a lot of bad actors in this show. I, I see a lot of people who are doing their best with material that's like sometimes good, sometimes pretty weak. And I don't know, man. I don't know. It adds up to a show that's like, eh. 
the, the that's the thing is like there's a lot of things that I think like I, I think that sad Max stuff came really close to working. It's just a little bit underwritten. Like, yeah, you know, we needed something similar to the backstory of the one soldier who balked at shooting Friar Jean because he, you know, he I, I, I was taught by these nuns and I fear God and da da da. And like, you know, Laurent saying that at the at the exact moment. Um yeah, like I, yeah. like I said, I, I think they could have gotten there with another couple of. That's what I'm saying. Like I mm-hmm. think if they had enough time and budget to do another pass and do another, or um, I don't I don't know. Maybe the strike. Maybe it was the strike early enough that the writers weren't on set, so they you know people are like you know what's the motivation here, but and people didn't know, but. Yeah, like I said, it came really close and I, I got excited for, you know, we've been so fucking neo-Western in the Walking Dead America, you know, version that mm-hmm. like a Walking Dead Euro with like castles and going to back to medieval technology. And one of the things I thought, like when it's like it became clear that Jeanne was going to know where the nest was, I'm like, well, she's just going to come there and kick everyone's asses in. And I saw the location of yeah. the nest. And I'm like, there's no fucking way she's going to come in and kick these. This, Good is, luck this would that. be. Although then yeah. I see them training up people who've apparently never shot a gun uh, with the massive stash of rifles they have. And I'm like, oh, no, she could come here and kick their ass. <laughs> I don't know. I read up on the history of this joint. It is uh-huh. infamous for withstand. It, it was one oh, of it the looks few like French it. fortifications, yeah. like especially coastal facing English fortifications that never was captured during the Hundred Years War. There mm-hmm. was an instance where like I think a few dozen men at arms held off an entire army because like what the hell are you going to do? You've got a couple yeah. hours to fucking get any kind of quantity of people or stuff to, to work on the walls and then the tides are going to come in and you're either going to drown or retreat mm-hmm. or it's like yeah and I'm like it's like and Europe like we don't have that shit in America we don't have that shit in America Europe lousy with castles even even decrepit falling in the ruins castle could be such a nice keep for a warlord to hold up to mm-hmm. and they're sitting I, I think that would be super cool like a medieval style um, renaissance type of walking dead and I'm I'm so excited by those possibilities I just know they're going to be squandered by writers that don't have enough experience writers aren't paid enough there's too few writers just too little time um, because yeah they're yeah it's just a shame. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the castle is impressive, um, and I would like to see more done with it. I'm sure. And wouldn't that wouldn't that be a great story too? The Walking Dead literally returning from the dead. You know, like everyone's written it <laughs> sure. off, but they turn things around to Daryl Dixon, and then the Rick miniseries is happening. And like, what if that's fucking cool? And but yeah, yeah, that's just not going to happen. It's a it's a fantasy that I have. Yep, unfortunately. Um, well, my fantasy is getting into the recap. Can we make that a reality? I think that's one thing we can do, yeah. All right. Uh, we start off with a non sequitur uh, for the beginning of this episode, the cold open. It's dead soldiers on a beach. They look very World War II-y. Uh, it was pretty obvious, but like, how does that connect to the rest of the episode? Uh, and then we see Daryl fighting... No. I actually made that connection immediately. Yeah. I didn't know why they were doing it, but I'm like, interesting, you know? Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying like from the perspective of the episode, what does this gotcha. mean, right? Uh, Daryl fights the, the super walker. We're back to the modern, the present day, uh, right where we left off last episode. The super walker burns up his axe, so he uses the French flag to kill it. 
Uh, is it a modified French flag? It looks modified to me. It looks like it's the French flag with whatever Genet shitty. Yeah, La her Poissant. emblem. What is it? Which might Poussant. just be a fleur de lis. I, I can't tell, but yeah. Yeah, like a bloody fleur de lis with like a banner running through it, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that um, actually is a like a like a French flag of the military or something. But I assumed it was like be. her. Yeah, le, 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 le Pauvent movement. How are they about uh, modifying national flags over there? I mean, in post-apocalypse, anything goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I like, like logistic like, for like making a television show. I mean, obviously, they're growing, cool with it. Growing up, a modified American flag was like a pretty big faux pas uh-huh. and the cause for concern and talk and alarm. And like it's now a cottage industry. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's you not even a one particular side of the aisle, flags. too. You, you, not only that, but you can get them in any color. You can get them with like a stars mm-hmm. modified with a marijuana leaf or a fucking AK 47 or I guess it'd be an AR 15, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. I just like, it's, it's, it's wild. Wild as a guy who grew, I was born in the bicentennial uh, that, that people. What people do to old glory nowadays? Well, I mean, if you can burn a flag, you can definitely change a flag. Uh, let me let, let me ask you this. Speaking yeah. of burning, Daryl got some acid on his fingies, right? Like, I mean, he, yeah. They're trying to say those fingerless gloves kept him from from getting any acid splashed on. Okay, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. He kind of lets go of this axe pretty quick. Um, I thought it was I thought it was just really I, him him impaling that zombie with the French flag. I thought like just planting yeah. it right in his head was super fucking and in slow mo too. It was it was, uh-huh. it was nice. Yeah. As soon as he looks at it, I'm like, oh, there's his new weapon. Um, mm-hmm. Laurent knew this was going to happen. He was very confident that Daryl was going to win this fight. Uh, and then they bring out Quinn and they chain him and Daryl together. They turn out the lights and then they make f- them fight four super walkers. Uh, and even Laurent is pl- praying now. He's worried. I thought that was actually a nicely written moment where Laurent's like beaming with confidence. Oh, Issa, don't worry. Brother Daryl's going to be fine. And in the very next scene, he's he's on his knees praying because he's like, oh, Jesus, mm-hmm. four super walkers and he's chained <laughs> to my idiot father. <laughs> yeah. Is the kid psychic or not? Come on. I guess he's not psychic. He just has faith. And his faith was tested in this scene. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was wondering. I'm like, man, I don't know how Daryl is going to beat all of these super zombies. And I like how they had ways of, you know, it wasn't four on two. It was in the end up being two on two because one of the zombies died from overclocking, mm-hmm. and another was so aggressive that he's even attacking his brother zombies. Um, yep. But, but yeah, that was I, that was a nice surprise because like I'm getting used to. I guess this is something I'm gonna have to get used to, and I'm getting used to is the fact that like it seems chic nowadays in television and movies to put the heroes into absurd danger that like no one could ever overcome, and then just they overcome it anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's so fucking stupid. But they're doing. All, I was kind of pleasantly surprised that they made it seem like oh there's no fucking way they're going to be able to beat four super zombies simultaneously and you know it seemed they, they, reasonable they that they did yeah 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 which uh, yeah i mean they do that here and then they do it later in the episode where daryl and company are caught by sad max uh that has a different outcome but we'll talk about that when we True. get there 
Uh, I was thinking you should probably kill one of these things while it's transforming. Like, don't just stand there with your jaw with your jaw on the floor. Go over there and kill one before it powers up. Make your odds a little better. But I don't know if Janae's guys would have shot him if he tried or. Yeah, and I, I kept on thinking the same thing when like the zombie handlers came in with their their hooks and things. Yeah, it's get like, well, Why don't you just like season one Daryl would have come at him with that axe, and season two Daryl or season one Daryl Dixon Daryl is just like, all right, I respect you guys, just doing your job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See how appreciate, this plays appreciate out. all you blue all you blue collar zombie wranglers out there. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, there's helmeted <laughs> walkers, or at least like walkers with metal bands on their head. I couldn't quite tell what was going on there. Full metal jacketed zombie brains. I I kind of thought that was yeah. It looked like they just welded a steel dome to their head to make mm-hmm. them. Now, I still think if you hit a steel plated zombie brain with like a baseball bat, the concussive force alone would kill the zombie. But apparently not. Apparently, yeah. zombie brains are magical mm-hmm. things that have to be pierced. The skull has to be deformed and pierced, or the brains just—you can scramble them, you can microwave them, you can burn them, you can drown yeah. them, do whatever. As long as you don't break that brain case, the zombies' brains are going to be okay. Seems like it. Um, I liked the yeah, I like the steel-plated zombie. Like I said, I I thought this arena fight was going to be really dumb and cringy, and on one level it is, but you got to see some stuff you don't normally see, like. Uh, Daryl taking off a whole walker's leg. That was fucking cool. It mm-hmm. looked really cool. That zombies never say die <laughs> attitude I thought was really cool. Um, and just the novelty of having, you know, it's it's very simple concept. You've seen it, you've seen it in what? Spartacus, uh, Ben-Hur, uh, Gladiators, lashing two dudes turning. together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lashing oh, two oh, together. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and then that that too. Yeah, he had his Maximus moment yeah, where right. you know, the crowd's on his side Genet, Supposed to be Janae's, you know, kickoff of the Sixth Republic, and it's it's a Daryl Dixon WWE, you know, coronation. Uh huh. Yeah, it's his face turned. Uh, it, it, yeah. So he wins that fight, uh, him and Quinn, and then the, the crowd is kind of is on his side now. Um, and then Falou's crew, who's been working their way through the crowd here, springs into action. Um, he throws the walker head at Janae and she sends her guys in to kill him but then Falou's crew starts doing their thing and Daryl and Quinn escape I love Falou's just like blip you know like just blap blap and it's you know I didn't do and it, it melts in the crowd yeah I <laughs> don't know what it, weapon he used for that I guess a handgun it must be a little submachine gun of something I've really? never wow. like, seen that thing. I mean it, it, it yeah I shot like three rounds I like, and uh i don't know look it reminded me of, like do you remember that fight with um and like i think it was john wick too maybe it was john wick three were common and john wick were like in a subway with uh-huh. silenced weapons just like sniping each other hip firing from underneath the jacket across a couple like, platforms yeah it reminded me a lot like how casual and like stealthy he was just like Bleep, and i'm can't see me <laughs> hide my hand yeah that's good i i quite like this scene uh, I don't know how they fucking got through that line of I, I guess I'm surmising they paid them off because that's something that they have I'm starting to I'm starting to think that Madame Genet is not the leader that that France particularly needs or is effective at this <laughs> point because they're kind of telling me a strong woman where her base is just crumbling because yeah. 
you know, it's all based on greed and graft and corruption. It's a standard standard, uh, mm-hmm. you know, feet of clay that most fascist regi- regimes have. Yeah. Started to see the cracks uh, last episode, I would say. And yeah, this mm-hmm. episode brings it more into focus. Uh, but we'll see if she can hold on to power next season. Um, so she's pissed that Daryl lived and Falou snuck in with weapons and she tells Mad Max to find Daryl and get his revenge. Which, I mean, wasn't that what he was already trying to do? I don't know. That seemed redundant. Yeah, she just, I guess, empowers him to like be the co-CO of the squad that's going to send yeah, out to get him. Yeah. I don't know. And use her but men to do it like that. Yeah, it gives him a little bit of authority here. It feels like she's also seeing like maybe she her inner circle's incompetent or can't be trusted, and maybe she's wanting to get some fresh blood, some true believers that you know uh, haven't been in the nucleus of the movement and seen how inept and corrupt it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if she really wanted stakes. to win his loyalty, she captured Daryl, let Sad Max murder him. Don't put him out in front of the yeah. zombies. I mean, uh, you know, Especially she has conflicting since- goals here. I guess. Especially since, from a crowd-winning perspective, who the fuck is Daryl Dixon to these people? Sure. Like, oh, it's our enemies, but, like, is he a notorious local criminal? Was he, like, the, a leader of the union? Was he... No, he's just some dumb fuck from America. Yeah, um, word definitely seems to be spreading about the Dixon. Um, but you're right. Like, the, the populace, I doubt, knows much about yeah. him. He's just a dude. Yeah. That'd be cool if, like... <laughs> I don't know. They turned Daryl Dixon and essentially Kung Fu, except for instead okay. of Wayne Kane wandering America, he's just wandering, just backpacking across Europe, getting mm-hmm. in random adventures, and you know, coming up this uh, village is being menaced by a warlord living in a castle, and Daryl's like, I got to get back home to my people. Yeah, but we have a small child and a potential romantic interest. Mm-hmm. So you want to mm-hmm. help us, Monsieur? And he's like, Ah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, we'll I'd see. Pop- I do. I watch a few seasons of that. Definitely want to talk about what's going to happen next uh, at the end of this. I'm excited for that. Uh, so Daryl and Quinn are on the run. They're still chained together. Daryl sees that Quinn has a wound and he says, ah, don't worry. It's just a burn. I, I'm fine. And they continue running. No one was buying it, right? A I wound mean, in The Walking Dead the is acid. always a zombie bite. They established that the acid is fatal. Was it a bite? It was a is a burn, right? It's an acid burn, or maybe it's a bite. Is that what you, is that what I was supposed to understand? Is that the burn itself is something that turns that's, you? That's what Issa said when she cauterized Daryl. She's like, the only way you can like if you don't cauterize the burns, I guess burn out the infection. That yes, you will eventually turn into an acid zombie or a zombie. Interesting. So it's like. When I was seeing that, I'm like, oh, well, they'll just they'll have to cauterize his trunk. Sure. But no, wasn't it apparently. like on his, sh- on his neck near his shoulder or something? It was maybe it's like closer to the heart. So it's like he's going to turn quick because it seems uh-huh. like he just ran out of gas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, he he's running like, around. His blood's even... pumping adrenaline going. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is right there by the heart. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough about how the, the acid zombies work. Maybe the world beyond dealt with that but yeah I don't know <laughs> never watched it uh, so Janae puts Laurent and Issa back in a cell and once the guards leave Laurent questions whether or not God has abandoned them and Issa reveals that she pickpocketed the key to their cell 
Just a skill she picked up along the way. Nothing makes a person look more strong as a leader than verbally bullying a small child. Yeah. <laughs> Messiah, more like Lassiah from all the L's you're taking, Laurent. <laughs> Great. Uh, especially when the, the nun just fucking yanks her keys 30 seconds later. You're mm-hmm. like, like a real idiot, Jenny. Jenny, Jenny, what's going on? I like... Uh... Laurent, like he's attacking the guards. He's saying, like, well, you know, the the WWDDD. What would Daryl Dixon do? It's the new Jesus asking WWDDD. Mm. Love it. Man, it probably it's it'd probably get you in maximum trouble at all times. Uh, yeah. Where do you think she got these keys? Because like I noticed that like the the guard threw them in and lock, and it's one of those types of locks that there's not an actual physical locking mechanism on it. It's the key. You turn the key that locks the door. When did she steal the keys? Is there a second set on some other dude that she pulled off? That's the thing. The only physical contact I remember happening in this scene is between Laurent and the guard. Not is it, but that fucking good. She is that good of a, (laughs) of a, of a pickpocket. Yeah. Transferable skill. I don't know. Uh, Quinn can't continue going. He's running out of steam here. Daryl realizes he's got to shed this dead weight, but Quinn is just thinking about how he failed. This again, it's a whole thing. Daryl talks him into trying to do some good with his final moments by buying him some time. So he agrees, and Daryl chops off his hand to get him free from the shackles. Uh, and then Quinn, the handless Quinn, attacks some guards, and Daryl runs the other way. Another, another very gladiator thing to do. Uh, if you're if you're shackled to a piece of person pissing their pants, just lop off their arm and run run off. I don't know if it's um, Adam Negatius himself or if it's the way the character was written, but I never read any of this as him trying to do right by Issa. I read all of this as I, him manipulating the shit out of her to get what he wants. But what does he want? I think ultimately, I, I think they told the story of a guy who is a big abusive manipulator, but like a lot of abusive manipulators, they do it because they want the people to love them and they don't think that they're probably worthy of the love themselves. I don't know who gives a shit. They're manipulative abusers. But I do think that like, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, they, they, he probably does in some level want her to be happy in whatever role he has in mind for her, you know? Sure. He's like, and, and he doesn't know how to get there. And he's like just trying to pull these levers the, and do the things he's always done to get the power that he wants. And like there's this kind of moment of clarity at the end where he's like, you know, I, I thought a second chance. I'd do everything right. And I, but I fucked it up. And Daryl's reaction person. to all this is is priceless. Kind of like, yeah, uh-huh. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I feel like in I that mean, last they episode. They are being chased by murderous gangsters. So <laughs> this is maybe not the time for it. Yeah, but he doesn't I, have I the time. Like, I felt like last episode they did get to somewhere where I felt like, you know, he. I don't even say he's got the best intentions. It's just more of like. I, I He loves Issa for whatever reason. Um, he thought mm-hmm. like he probably loved her 15 years ago, whatever. But also his, his sister, her sister was there to fuck and he couldn't keep himself from doing it. And I, I don't know. Um, well, they roll back that line uh, about redemption. He believes in redemption in the, the previously on in this episode. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, oh, 
that's what I was supposed to get from that scene? Because I was not buying that line about redemption. I, I, well, I was half buying it, right? I'm probably buying it as much as Issa is buying it, just enough to not murder him. Uh, I feel like it, it's it's also pretty well documented that sometimes absolute scumbags can have these like le- moments of heroics where you know, uh, they they at the end of their lives they can do something that is beneficial or good or save some lives or something. And I don't know why. I don't know why it happened. Maybe it's like. I imagine it happens a lot of times because like obviously there's a lot of people that do a bunch of bad shit and at some point they have a moment of clarity and like I'm tired of doing bad shit. I want to start doing good shit and they stop doing the bad shit and sometimes those those moments just happen at the end of one's life and there's no time to like turn it around or see if the positive chain mm-hmm. stuck because that's a lot of times as people resolve that and then they go back to doing their shit anyway. This yeah. guy, prime example, he has died, I guess, before anyone he could disappoint anyone else. So yeah. I, I didn't have a huge problem with it. No, I don't um, either. Especially since just, that's not how I was reading a, it. He's a cold, calculating dude, and I think he's convinced he's going to die. Uh huh. So like, there's no more plays left to make. Mm-hmm. So now, <laughs> so so when he's out of options, he turns to regret. Yeah, yeah. Scumbag, and and <laughs> and, and and maybe to say something nice to Issa so she knows. You yeah, know, he goes. He goes to the grave simping, but. Hmm. Uh. It's just, you know, the way he phrases it, like all of that stuff was him trying to do right by Issa. Okay. All right, dude. Tell yourself what you want. Uh, Didn't seem like that to me. Um, Yeah. So then Daryl chops off his hand. That's that's a fun scene. I always like seeing people get their hands chopped off in fiction. Um, Boy, he... (laughs) He got he went on such like it's it's um he gets his hand chopped off and the guards are on him and he goes screaming and dies like five seconds later. It's funny mm-hmm. that like the time he bought Daryl is probably on the span of like five seconds, more than five minutes, but it's just yeah. enough time for him to duck out into a different hallway and them not notice. Yeah. And he dies off screen, so he can come back as a zombie. That was a nice touch, I thought. Mm. Sure. Uh, and then Issa and Laurent sneak through the halls themselves. Daryl sneaks out to a garage where he meets Falou, Sandy, and Eric, or whatever their names are. I don't know, the two young lovers. Uh, and they all get to work trying to fix a truck. I just love when people, you know, Daryl's like, oh, this truck ain't working. Can you get something? Can you do something? And for Falou's like, uh, yeah, my dad has owned a garage. I'm like... That never makes sense. Like, my dad is a dental lab technician. Mm-hmm. Next time a friend of mine's like, oh, man, I, my kid needs some braces, but I, I just don't think I can afford them. I'll be like, hey, no problem. My dad owned and operated his own goddamn dental lab for 20 years. I got you. No, I no, I don't. I was playing video <laughs> games while he was grinding teeth uh-huh. and bending wire and making hollies and dentures and braces and all that shit. Like, the idea that, like, did you work at his garage? Did mm-hmm. you, like... A print, you know, did, did you have a maniacal father like Daryl who made you put the engines together for food? Like, I think yeah, it's really yeah. funny. It doesn't always translate. I do, I do um, occasionally hear, you know, the opposite story where it's like, yeah, my, I grew up with a, literally a, a dentist father and I would go to his uh, place of work, his office, and just kind of, you know, either tinker with the machines, like, oh, they have a vacuum form machine and I'd mess around with that, or they'd have, you know, mm-hmm. 
some kind of lab equipment and then I learned to use UV resin and now I'm a scale modeler and all of those mm. tools are coming in handy and it's like huh okay yeah I guess so uh but but the counter example you know th- that's a counter example and then there's also the examples like you mentioned like I know it's not even uh, a counter example because again, if you went to that guy for dental work, he'd be like, I can, I don't know, make a sandbag to put on. Sure. A model yeah. Tank. He's not going to be able to do something like fix your teeth. <laughs> right, uh, right. He might be able to create a scale model plastic tooth for you. And I don't know, use a drill to drill your old one out and glue the old <laughs> new one in <laughs> if you wanted, but it's not uh-huh. going to be dentistry. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be scale modeling in your <laughs> mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. I think Tamiya makes a really nice molar kit. Oh, they yeah, they probably do. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. 163 if pieces. It's pretty easy build. Uh-huh. Minimal substitutions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's going to be some club members laughing that we've managed to infect a Walking Dead with our fucking model talk. <laughs> Out of nowhere. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, so Daryl goes back inside to find Issa and Laurent, which she immediately does. But Quinn's shambling corpse also finds them. Quinn pins Isabel against a pillar and Daryl is stuck behind a barred gate. So Laurent has to do the killing of his father. And to his credit, he does it. This is how you get hard, kid. That You just kill a lot. Yeah, I I felt the scene was pretty it was it was another one where it's like this surely was the first draft of what they came up with cuz like it's an interesting situation and they've been building up to it all all season, but I feel like a better show would have done something different than have Daryl scream to do the same thing four times in a row and then be like that God 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 will forgive you. Mm-hmm. It's like and it's like cuz it put that's what he's I been like saying Laurent. to everyone, right? Like God, he, he always leans on the God thing. This is now being put to him, which I, I sort yeah. of like, but yeah, I, I feel you. It it works, and I, I think that the 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 punchline works. Like Daryl saying, "Hey, look, it's, I I understand why you're not doing this now. God will forgive you. That's the thing that short circuited his, you know, pants shitting behavior." But like, unfortunately, mm-hmm. the way they filmed it is they have this poor kid standing there frozen in fear looking at Issa looking at Daryl looking at Issa looking at Daryl deer in the headlights close up look Daryl screaming look close up and it's yeah. just like I don't know it's I feel much. like a better show would have had Daryl like maybe try some like faster more intense whispering like hey you can do this you know hey just you know just, just take this pointy in stick it right in the back of his head he's not even facing you and then like maybe scream and then try the God thing. But it's just like it's it's just too much of the same thing. And it goes on too far. And it and it, and it makes Laurent look stupid and weak mm-hmm. instead of like a guy who just needs a capable person who just needs to be bucked up by somebody. I don't know. I, yeah, I almost feel like you want you want Laurent to make this decision himself. Like you, you want a change. You want a change in Laurent, right? You especially if he's going to go after Daryl at the end of this episode it feels like you want him to almost take this axe or whatever it is from daryl as like he sees isabel praying uh while she's being attacked by this thing just like he would in the situation right and realizes Mm -hmm. this is the thing he has to do takes the thing from daryl and goes over and does it and boom you've got character development but like yeah and and i realized that part of his whole deal is he was told his whole life that like these zombies are souls in need of redemption and like we're going to do the whole herschel thing 
uh, and stockpile or dead ones for the the time when they can come back. And mm-hmm. maybe he's like uniquely amongst the the fourteen fifteen year olds of the apocalypse, um, unable to fight against zombies. And I, I get all that. I understand all that. I'm just saying like. And that's what I would do. Honestly, if I was in that very situation, I would just be like, you little shit, fucking stick that zombie. God damn it, stick that zombie. Fuck, why aren't you sticking that zombie? You're gonna kill us Because like, I'm a normal human being and I lose my shit and I'm not articulate and I just like, you know, you're just trying to do, but like, this is, a, you watch a show for entertainment and like, I don't, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a big moment of, of, it should be a big moment of character development for him. And I feel like it's muted because it's not his choice. You know, it's not something it's that he decides a, to do. He's bullied into it. It's more of a character development for Daryl, who, like, finds uh-huh. a different technique other than just shouting and <laughs> when he's unable and physically to, doing it himself. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like, what do I know about this kid? What is, like, and, um, like I said, a better written scene could have done more than one thing at a time. And, uh, this one did more than one thing at a time. It, it, uh, it, it, it got Daryl to understand how to motivate someone and also made me hate Laurent a little bit. And then the end of the hmm. episode, I think cemented it. Don't That's most scenes do that? Isn't that the no, purpose I'm, like of I said, most? I liked Laurent. <laughs> I've, I've, I've I think you, you might be in a minority. I think a lot of people that I've seen talking about Clearly. Laurent really still hate him. I don't hate him. Feedback about it. He makes kid decisions a lot of the time and yes. and extremely religious kid decisions which are maybe doubly yes. worse but like that's what i'm saying I, I i think that's one of the reasons that i've liked him more than a lot is because i feel like i know this kid i feel like i grew up with this kid i, okay. I, mean, I think i've been this kid yeah you yeah. know so it's like i i feel like it's like other people it's just it's i don't know a compelling portrayal of a very weird person in a weird situation sure uh, so they made it away from the castle, apparently. Now they're uh, going to say goodbye. I don't know. Elon saying goodbye to Sally. I don't know what their names are. Because uh, she's leaving with Daryl and he's staying with Falou. It's uh, Sylvie and Bastion, <laughs> except for it's not Bastion. He's something else right? that they, they curved right? me on last last episode. Uh, Falou wishes them luck and everyone parts ways with Daryl and crew driving off in the truck. Everybody knows who I'm talking about when I just say an E and an S name, right? Right? Yeah. Okay, good. What a what a play to be like you you romance this hot nun and when she's like, you know, I don't have a convent to return to, I could stay here with you. Oh no, baby. But you Laurent needs you at the nest. No, mm-hmm. no, I mm-hmm. let's 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 not let's not sully this with uh, any kind of permanence or you living with me type of thing. It's uh well played. Yeah. Well played. I mean this guy uh, <laughs> look. This is a girl That's in every the, port kind of guy is is what I'm getting. Yeah, I think this guy, yeah. you know, he goes to Normandy. He goes to La Havre. Mm-hmm. He goes to Paris. He knows yeah. where to he find knows, what he needs. He knows he's on the hot nun underground railroad pipeline from, uh-huh. from the South Convents <laughs> to the Nest. He knows. He knows. What and he's and in the post-apocalypse, those years don't last long. You get grizzled real quick. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. use it while you got it, man. Yeah. That's the thing. Bastion's actually only 13. <laughs> it looks oh, like he's no. 25. Oh, no. that, zo- that zombie apocalypse life just grounds you, da- grinds you down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're on the road. And Sydney, I think, asked Daryl if he's ever been in love. He says nothing. Leaves us to wonder. Uh, Isabel- I think it's f- hilarious because Daryl generally looked flummoxed. Like, when she asked him that, he's like, it 
I, I have no answer well, to that. Is, is this the longest running and the biggest and question in the history of The Walking Dead? Like the Dude. thing that The Walking Dead is most concerned with overall is has Daryl ever loved anyone romantically? In terms of continuing mysteries, what happened to Rick? What happened to Heath? And what exactly is Daryl's sexuality, libido, romantic history, interest in same? Like, yes, mm-hmm. those are some of the biggest enduring mysteries of The Walking Dead. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. I don't know. I kind of love it. Kind of love that they will never admit anything on that mm-hmm. front. Uh, so he, Isabel apologizes to Laurent for what he had to do to save her. And he says, well, sometimes you've got to do horrible things, but God will forgive you. And then the truck's engine sputters, so Daryl pulls over in a small town garage to check it out. I thought it's funny because, like, I think that line he said that sometimes you have to do terrible things that you don't want to do, but God will forgive you. That's like three direct lessons that Daryl has taught him mm-hmm. in like the pre- previous two episodes and this one, and uh, it's it's kind of nice. He's just essentially stitching it together. Yeah, there are worse role models in the apocalypse than Daryl. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Uh, Daryl, if nothing else, is pure of heart. I. How do you view? Because the the follow on to this, he doesn't just stop there. He says, uh, "Sometimes you got to do these horrible things. If there's no other choice, God will forgive you." Like with my mother, the implication being that Isabel did a terrible, horrible thing because she had to with her his mother, her sister. I didn't view any of what was happening there as terrible and horrible. It was harrowing for her because her sister yeah. is dying, but her sister's fucking dying. There's, there's no question uh, about honestly, it. I had a similar question where it's like, what is the horrible thing that was done there? But I guess there was like, no horrible thing done with Laurent either. It, he he was well, like the, kind of the circumstances of his birth. Like it's a horrible thing, but like just in general, the, the God's forgiveness yeah. part of it mm-hmm. was the non sequitur. Yeah, does God need to forgive you for that? For going through something terrible? Like he's the one that put us in this shithole world. He could he could I, I he understand with re- him killing the He could have restored from a safe state in the Garden of Eden if he wanted to. He's God, he can do whatever he wanted to, but he's like, sure. oh fuck. Your great 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 grandparents choked on some apple and now you're fucked, kid. Like Yeah, God, if if God wanted that walker dead, he could have smited him. You know, yeah, could have dropped a piece of the castle on his head. Whatever. Uh, on that generation where it's like he dies, he can go to the 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 old man upstairs and at, and and ask him to beg him for forgiveness. You know, it's like yeah, one of those edge edge lord. Why didn't you help but, me, God? But, huh? Yeah, it's your problem. Yeah, I've done everything right. I was supposedly the Messiah, and and this omniscient, has happened to me. omnipotent, and you can't do anything about it, huh? Fuck this! I'm going to hell. Uh, all right. Uh, well, God respect the lore. Uh, while they wait for Daryl to fix the car, Issa chats uh, chats him up about his grandfather who died in France during the war. The subject turns to Quinn and Daryl mentions that he was thinking of her before he died. And, you know, there's a whole thing around that. And then Isabel thanks Daryl for helping them and confesses that she lied about the picture that Laurent drew to convince him to stay and help. And Daryl takes no offense to that. Did what you had to do. And hey, I'm here, right? Feels like the show is pretty heavily putting his thumb on the scale of Laurent's full of shit here, because that was one of the things that I'm like was kind of unexplainable. Or like, well, maybe he does have a little of the spark of the divine in him, but like Issa just put it up, put him up to it. So, 
Uh, is this like the the second stage of the Martin reveal here with the grandfather? Like, if you don't connect the dots now, we're just gonna have to fucking tell you. It might be the third stage because, like, I think Aslan was the first step. You know, with the watch uh, when he was talking when he was talking about because um, like everyone's been trying to manipulate Daryl into staying. Like literally everyone in France is yeah. doing that too. To, like to they the don't have their own of, fucking heroes. Come on, man. It, it's it's kind of tedious the way they're doing it. But like he talked to Aslan and Aslan's talking about like, you know, sometimes a man can leave his home to fight a war. That's even, And he's like, yeah, well, sometimes those men do that. And then they don't go home to their families and their families go to shit. I think that's part one. Then I guess you had the the cold open. And then this is the like, if you didn't get it, hey, this is how this all connects. Um, and I, I thought it was mostly effective because um, that's the thing is like I don't think the show has a counter to what Daryl's saying here it's like yeah I understand you got to fight but like Daryl has multiple children mm-hmm. arguably depending on him at home yeah no he's he's one everything he says is 100% right about I have a home I have people who love me the the plan was always I never misled you at all about my intentions Yes. And that plan still stands. I'm going home to my family. Yes, I love you guys. Yes, whatever. I need to get home. Yeah. I just wish that Daryl would be like, would you? Like when like uh-huh. Falu and Issa and uh, Fuckface McGee Losang is like, you should stay here. You should stay here. You should stay here. You should stay here. You know, he'd be like, you know what? Fuck it. You should come to America with me. Uh-huh. Oh, you don't want to? You got something here holding you back? Why? Why? All these people understand. You understand how bad things are? Like, I don't know. It's, I thought of tiresome. And and especially how, like, nakedly manipulative they were being about it. Especially mm-hmm. Issa, which. Oh, yeah. I get yeah. it. That's in her character. Like, she did uh-huh. that shit for kicks in the zombie apocalypse or pre-apocalypse. So, like, doing it for a good cause, she probably pulls out all the, the tricks. But it's still, it's unpleasant to watch. It's unseemly to see the heroes trying so hard to get Daryl to abandon his f- home and his family. Is it all? If it, do, I wonder if we have any people who are from France watching this show because it almost seems insulting. Almost certainly, it, it almost feels like the 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 white savior thing in the form of like American savior, right? Oh, we need the American, the only person in France who can lead you us. You guys were so is a fucking American in WW one and WW two till our boys right? came over and saved your asses. And from now the here Jerry's we are twice. again. We're doing the same thing post apocalypse. You need goddamn me. Goddamn Dixon got across the ocean to save you from another fascist regime. Jesus right? Christ! For, yeah, <laughs> it you're seems right. pretty I insulting. Have... If I were French, I'd be like. Fuck this show. We don't have our own heroes. The French have their own fucking heroes. Come on. Dude, America is, I feel like, post-World War One, Two has been unconscionable shits to French people. And what have they ever done other than try to keep the retirement age high and their social benefits <laughs> right? and, uh, commiserate, right? Like, France is literally... America's oldest and best ally has mm-hmm, had our back mm-hmm. every single time, even when it's against their her better interests. And we repay that love and fraternity with jokes about freedom fries and rifle dropping surrender monkeys. And mm-hmm. and now this mm-hmm. Daryl Dixon, the latest outrage America's perpetrated against France. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Will there be no end to it? Uh, uh. You know so, what? I'm going to make an American flag with an Eiffel Tower on it in protest. 
I don't want to wear that for, as swim trunks the way <laughs> that's your founding fact. fathers uh-huh. intended. That's what Daryl Dixon's <laughs> grandfather died for, man. Give you God that freedom. Goddamn straight. Goddamn, goddamn right. <laughs> uh, all right. So Daryl's lying to Issa here about Quinn wanting her to know that he fought for her. She says, did he tell you to say that? And Daryl's like, nah. History repeating itself indeed, Mr. Dixon. When are you going to stop lying, huh? Lies perpetuate more lies. Indeed. Anyway, uh, Daryl's under the truck. And Sad Max, I guess on foot? He, I don't know. He's silently, his guys silently sneak up, grab everyone without them even being able to scream or shout to Daryl. Uh, and then... It's the, this is the worst scene in the entire episode to me. It's, it's pretty egregious. Uh, he can't bring himself to shoot Laurent when he says God loves you. So instead, he shoots all of his men, tells Daryl he'll kill him next time, and points them north to the nest. He does steal his ass watch, though. Uh, I, this is... I hate this stuff. This is what I'm talking stole about. his ass watch? His ass watch, Yeah. I didn't, but yes, his Aslan, his okay. as that's as I was like, okay. I thought that's well, I, it was really, a Pulp Fiction as, reference. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's also from it's Aslan's watch. Uh, it's watch. Perfect. <laughs> uh I want to know what a character is thinking before they do something out of left field like this. I have to know in this scene, why does he make this choice? You can't you can't have him then twenty minutes later tell another character vaguely why he did it. No, it's... I hate this shit. Too, this is just it's surprise. Too bad. Th- this is the dumpster shit. This is the symptom yeah. of the Walking Dead storytelling that makes me dislike this show. And the thing is, is what's unfortunate is all the pieces were there. Like, you could have told the story. You could have given him the backstory, the cold open where it's like, we don't know why this boy is at a nunnery and or maybe mm-hmm. he was, his him and his brothers were orphans and they were raised by nuns and they were very religious and then they've lo- kind of lost God and they've had a struggle of faith and then also he's like, you know, he's from the kind of hinterlands of this empire and he's never been to Rome to see it up close and he sees Janae and he sees kind of like how what an empty suit she is and how she makes poor decisions and how they're corrupt and like he starts to be disillusioned and then you get to the point where this this innocent boy invokes the love of god right at the moment where he could get his revenge and everything and like it's a darth vader it's darth vader Mm -hmm. tossing the emperor down the reactor pit right sure and it was all that they just needed like five minutes of extra scenes to to bulk up sad max and it's it's a damn shame because i think it's it's entirely believable and all the parts were there to get them there they just didn't didn't bother to connect the dots yeah until and and also the fact that his change of heart was so total Uh uh-huh yeah like Like he couldn't kill daryl in front of this kid i mean like i don't even buy that yeah, like I, I didn't even. Yeah, that it was just. It's you know, absurd. It's one thing I get it. It's okay, one I thing can't spare the kill child. Mm-hmm. But his whole demeanor was like a man who come out. Like he might as well just joined them. Yeah, like because like because yeah. now he's got a story to explain that he can't explain, and like yeah. And why does he want to go back? Like if like the right. change of heart should have been like I, but it's more of like well I just this was a line too far to kill this small child I I don't know but based on what I saw of his brother and his gang of thugs in the south of France it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like mm-hmm. this is 
Yeah, it's just it's just weird. It it was just they could have done it better and they didn't. That that's the that yeah. should be on the Walking Dead's epitaph. Or is that it? Is that what you carve on so. a grave? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean they they, they do things earlier in this season to half set this up. But like you, I didn't buy I didn't buy the total transformation. I think what you do is you spare the kid, like like he did with the two idiots in what the first episode. Where yeah. like they found Daryl Dixon and a couple of his guys snuck up on him. Daryl murdered him, and then he murders this old man, and then he lets the mm-hmm. kid go. Right? Do that again. Mm-hmm. Why? Why is it a problem to do that again? Why would this man not do that? Murder because, the man who murdered your brother, and then yeah. let the kid go. Because then it wouldn't be called Daryl Dixon anymore. <laughs> Dead yeah. Dixon. Well, this uh, is the problem that you were talking about earlier, where you put a character in insurmountable yeah. trouble. Uh, peril and then somehow they just get out of it because of some you know it's the deus ex machina kind of thing see when he was hesitating i actually thought that carol was going to come out <laughs> like they're close okay enough. that would have been the the bridge too far that i i would have loved it honestly because of how absurd I, I it like is th- and I don't think it's that absurd because they're obviously telling the story of Carol tracking Daryl down. And I don't think he's a hard man to track. Like, right? Like, if she she's already tracked, she knew she's in Maine. He sees this guy on a bike. He She's going to go to the garage, find out, like, the fact that, like, well, Daryl fucked up and they put him on the boat. She's going to go across and, like, you know, this <laughs> is going to, this is tough. all going to connect. Look, I'm the guy who doesn't like Daryl stumbling on his grandfather's grave in some random beach in France. Carol finding a single person in the whole of France just at the moment where he needs her to save him would have been way too far for me. Way too far. I don't understand why you say that when a whole crowd of people in the capital city were chanting his name. Like, Daryl is already infamous in France. It's like, yeah. Yeah, and he's on a a truck out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like, if, 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 if I knew you were in France... And mm-hmm. you just disappeared in France somewhere. I would have no hope to find you. But if your name was Mick Jagger and you were on a fucking world tour, then yeah, I'm pretty sure I could find. I feel like Daryl Dixon is on a world tour of ass kicking, mm. and you know the posters are up in every city. All you right. know? we're gonna have to agree to disagree because yeah, that that would have well blown hey, my mind. Get open. ready for next season because that's exactly what's going to happen. Carol's just going to show up at the mid season oh, yeah. break or the season finale one of these shows and be like, "You're a hard man to find, Daryl." I'm hopeful that they will do something better than that. They will connect those dots really well, but I'm not, I'm not going to live or die on it for sure. Uh, I, I had so many questions at the end of this scene. I was like, why does he do this? Is he, is he an undercover agent in Janae's operation is, is killing Daryl the only thing he has left? And he knows that if he kills him, he'll have nothing to live for. Like, is he afraid of Daryl's plot armor? Like, I really didn't know what to think here. And then a couple of scenes later, we're finally going to understand. But boy, it was a stretch. I, not really. Like I said, the, the explanation. Yeah, we gives, understand part of it. Was super, super satisfying. Um, yeah. I was thinking maybe he's he doesn't know where the nest is. Maybe he's pointing them uh, ahead, but he doesn't know, so he's going to follow them and track them back to it, and that's nope. going to get him in good with Janae. Nope, nope, none of that. Uh, and then Daryl, famous hater of transportation, burns this jeep. They they are they are as as 
Sad Max describes that they are a day's walk from the nest. How how long does it take to drive a day's walk? Well, but thirty he said minutes. Something that says they're conspicuously draw driving a gendarme vehicle, which is a cop car in uh-huh. France. And Sad Max said you need to burn this because it's too easy to track. I'm but if they're guessing, at their destination in thirty minutes. But they Just don't know where the nest dr- is. Yes, he points like, him. He says it's a day's drive north. He does, but Janae doesn't. So he's saying if you drive our fucking car to your hideout, we will be able to track that. I think it probably has got a, a transponder or something in it. Uh, a transponder? Holy shit. I You think they're they're actively tracking their vehicles in the post-apocalypse? Like transponders don't work that way. It's not, I'm not saying they get like a GPS sure, tracker. They, they can, I'm saying they that can like there's it, some but, kind of thing that if you know it's radio frequency and you hit it, it gives like a ping back. From and I think those things work for miles away. So they have that technology. I, that's what I got from it. That that like you are driving a police vehicle and and it's one of our official deals and we have a way of tracking them. But I could be wrong. I I just thought I, he meant. I feel was, like I'm sounding like a fool on this podcast. This, this stump for this fucking show. Maybe I should <laughs> no, just stop. I, I mean, I I like going pretty hard on it. So we're probably meeting the middle somewhere and be good. But like. Wow, that I didn't even think like the technology level was to transponders, but maybe. Well, I mean, it's not like I don't think it's like they invented transponders. I'm saying that like these. So why not drive it thirty minutes? To why not drive it thirty minutes? Get to your destination safely and then burn it. You're right. It's fucking stupid. Daryl hates transportation. I'm not going to defend it. He hates transportation. He'd rather walk. Uh huh. He doesn't like indoor plumbing either. <laughs> all right well they're all on foot now um and they're with a woman who could barely walk a child and a lovesick fool and they make it to the nest they're given a king's welcome by losang from new jersey Issa is treated for her wounds and daryl warns that janae will be gunning for them losang says ah we'll be prepared this castle man I think he's. I think he's right. I don't think they. They. They could win by not firing a shot because I don't think Janae's got. I mean, what it takes to get get through those castle walls. Uh, I wonder what their supplies are like. Do they grow all their own food in there? Everything they'd need to survive a siege because that's what they're vulnerable to. Yes, that is very true. They would be vulnerable to a siege. Um, that's a good point because that's what I'm saying. Like, man, a medieval style, a Euro Walking Dead medieval edition would be kind of cool because you could have all that kind of stuff. You could have like a long siege, and mm-hmm. that'd be an interesting plot line. Um, Lo saying, I about fell out of my chair because I. <laughs> this dude was one of the main cast members on this obscure 90s science fiction show that I dearly loved. It was the Firefly of my day, Space Above and Beyond. Oh, Lo Sang huh. is Joker, and that must—that was like thirty years ago. And he's like, I'm sure he's aged, but like he was immediately recognizable. And I'm like, hmm. oh my fucking god, that's Joker. Uh, and I haven't seen him in like I looked at kind of his like IMDb, and he hasn't been in a whole lot of stuff. But it's like I, I was kind of excited. It's kind of excited. Nice. Yeah, I never saw that show. Like if Starbucks showed up in some random mm-hmm. early 2000s show from like Battles. And I'm not talking about the Katie Sackhoff. I'm talking about the OG version. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Uh, I, I, you know, we talked a little bit about the fortification quality of this castle, but man, just the shot of this castle across the, the beach here is 
fucking amazing. I, I will never say that The Walking Dead can't do some beautiful shots, beautiful photography. That's in my notes that this show has no right to be as beautiful as it is. And uh, clearly yeah. they spent a lot of budget to do this location work and to do the drone shots and the helicopter shots and all that kind of stuff. But man, it mm-hmm. it paid off. And I I hope this isn't just a one time thing. I hope this pays off enough that they'll like justify continuing to shoot on location because, man, yeah, like it's like half of these episodes of season function as a travel log of sorts. It just makes you want to go see France. Mm-hmm. We're on Easy Street, and it feels so sweet. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. There's acid blood coursing through my veins. Welcome back to The Watching Dead. Uh, Issa wakes to find Daryl teaching the nesters how to use the various guns. They've never bothered to learn how to shoot. And she likes what she sees. I did like, I mean, I did like that they've got, you know, I, I, I'm the, I'm, I'm getting the impression that the nest is like, uh, you know, a catch all of like all the people who are being displaced by Janae's regime and, um, 
But like then they yeah, you probably have like um, especially you know if, if this is a religious organization maybe you haven't treated fought everybody into the ways of war and now that mm -hmm. invasion's in a minute you got and they're out dumb firing they're not even using live ammunition they're just getting used to like handling I I, I thought it was kind of cool especially Daryl kind of leading them mm -hmm. through the drill yeah it's it's fine uh, it does seem like most of the militant type people have gone to Janae's side or you got like people like Aslan like he seemed like he was highly trained but specifically to be like a ranger yeah, you got a lot of people kind of out in the field like Falu and his crew, right? He's mm -hmm. he's just kind of out there getting shit done um, in the bigger cities. So this this might be kind of a refuge place. Yeah. Uh, Laurent is instructed by Lasang on philosophy, and kind of ev everyone is. There's there's just a whole. Uh, montage here about the monastic lifestyle that Daryl and company are getting used to now. They're all having dinner. Daryl tries to solve a Rubik's Cube blindfolded. <laughs> it's just not going to work. Use the force. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Lessing teaching some deep philosophical uh, ideas here to LeBron. Daryl's content to listen as long as he has a cup of warm beer in his hand. Yeah, so it's a thing monasteries are good for beer. Then Daryl sees Isa cleaning her wound and helps her out. They chat about the nest. Both seem to like it here. Maybe Isa more than Daryl. And she asks him to stay without really asking. This feels like home. Yeah, yeah. We know what you're doing here, lady. Yeah, I think I got a. I think I got an answer for Daryl's sexuality. Uh, he has none because I'm not super familiar with French cuisine, but I understand that when the chef sends you uh, the shoulder out like this, it comes with a side order of uh, la poussée, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and Daryl sent that order right back to the chef and said, "No, nah, I'm not interested." Yeah, yeah. Like the shoulder of Fleur de la Cour, and he's like, "Nah, nah, I'm, I'm all good. I'm all good on that, actually." <laughs> yeah, There's still the gay possibility though, because like there was sure. some there was some sparks between him and Aaron after he lost his husband. Mm -hmm. But like, I just don't think he, I don't think he likes the the double X chromosomes, man. I think it's it's, uh, it's tough because like that stuff gross. they did with Connie comes comes close to that, right? Like, but was that a romantic thing, or they both kind of like a or, or like maybe he's like, like borders uh, on like a, it for sure. So like like there's whole layers to the asexual thing. I've come to understand like you've got sure. like asexual, aromantic. You've got romantic asexuals where it's like they like cuddling and they like the expressions of love and like the more courtly kind of Romeo and Juliet pining. But the sex is kind of gross. Maybe Daryl's one of those where it's like and maybe Connie is and they're simpatico. Like, you know, they just want to hold hands and watch golden girls on the couch together mm -hmm. but fucking not so much and he's also just highly selective he's extremely yeah. picky the other thing though is like when i rewatch this up because the first time i'm like jesus christ this lady is rolling out the red carpet and mm -hmm. daryl is just you know mr magoo missing it and on second approach i think that daryl was a little off put because I think he suspects that there's not so much physical attraction just as this is yet another attempt to lock him down. Yeah. Yeah. 
this is and it's going to be think, revealed for what it is i think here in a couple scenes where yeah she so nakedly like, comes well bl- blatantly not nakedly she's doing it nakedly here but blatantly later yeah 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 she's being coy and seductive here but like i, I think he smoked it out it's like well is this because you like me or is this because you want me to stay because i'm important to your messiah figure because yeah, i'm your american hero the your real messiah american nephew. hero yeah who's gonna save france from itself again uh, <laughs> so Lissang and Daryl talk about Laurent. He's he's grateful to Daryl for getting him here and decides to hold up his end of the bargain by connecting him with a boat to England, then as far as Newfoundland, Newfoundland, whatever they call it. Uh, he'll have to set out at dawn to meet it, though. And Lissang invites him to stay, of course. Uh, he's getting the pressure from everywhere, claiming that they need him. I, I don't know. Lissang's an American. You fucking save France. <laughs> yeah you're just as capable as i am buddy. right you've been here 30 years but you're still you know these people i got in my note that these people are fucking relentless and yes, they just they are. are this is just scene after scene of daryl being manipulated and gaslit to abandon his family in favor of the new family like holy shit it's i don't i wonder if they're sh- what if the showrunners realize kind of how off-putting Again, as a guy who I think this season worked on more than it didn't, I really found this last episode almost to the extent that like, am I supposed to understand that both of these sides are like evil, that there needs to be some kind of balance between the hippy dippy religious bullshit where people are just like manipulating and like no one's do like and and, like the honest fascists are just in it for themselves. And I, I don't know, because like I got a bad vibe from the nest and I don't think I was supposed to. Yeah, I wasn't getting bad vibes. You know what it is? It's like the rule of threes, right? You should have somebody kind of imply that Daryl should stay. You should have somebody, mm. you know, make the case for Daryl to stay and then plead with him to stay. And then w- the third yeah. time that Daryl says, fuck no, I'm going home, that would be the end of it, right? This has yeah. done it in rules of eights or 22s. Yeah. And it's fucking, oh, I'm over it. I'm over it. Daryl has answered this question 19 times from 12 different characters. He's going home. But well, wild of course, the end of this episode, he's not going it to. It works on him. Yeah. Right? Like, it, it actually it actually breaks him at the end. Like, <sighs> yeah. it, Negan uh, and ugh. Easy Street couldn't, but fucking Issa <laughs> and Laurent <laughs> did. Literal torture. Couldn't break Daryl, but... Oh, why don't you stay? Don't you love us? Why don't you stay? You don't love us. You don't love. You don't, even you like don't love us. that Judith person you were talking about, or that RJ person, or that Connie, per- or that Carol person. You don't love them. You love this kid you met a week ago. They sound like dicks. Well, how would you? And Daryl's like it turns it around. Well, how would you know? Like <laughs> they're like they're like they give they're they're there's no longer doing the soft sell. Yeah, like they're trying. Yeah, they're, they're, it's like they're trying to sell this place like a timeshare, and it's just relentless. I, uh, I found it unpleasant. Yep, I'm with you. Because it's not like a, like it's like sometimes people like give platitudes, or sometimes people are saying like, well, they you know, it's like someone trying to tear down a piece of cake. Nah, really, I insist you should because you, you, I know you really want the cake, so eat the cake. But the, yeah, like no, Daryl's like he's not giving bullshit reasons. He's not mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm on a diet. I really shouldn't. Ho, ho, ho. But he's like, yeah, I have a family. I have a community, and I it's not. And I'm just not some Joe Schmo in that community. I'm like the low sang uh, yeah. low Isa of my fucking community. So like, mm-hmm. we got shit going on too, man. Like we're not so highfalutin that we call our children messiahs, but you know they are our future. 
uh-huh. they probably should live to get there. I it just oh, I found it very off-putting. Yeah. It's really probably double really so because of the religious angle too, because you know, I don't mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't truck with that much, but uh I, I found it very grating. Uh, so let's go back over to Janae HQ, where Sad Max explains to her how he lost all uh, the men, all her men, claiming Daryl killed them all. She wonders, well, then how'd you escape without harm? He says he chased after the boy when it happened and just they kind of he was off somewhere else. <laughs> she tells him about her time working in a museum and learning to read people's eyes via the paintings. And then she asks if he killed her guys and he admits that he couldn't kill the boy. She admonishes him for being weak, then asks where the nest is. He refuses to answer, so she has him forcibly taken away. And I'm going to torture this poor guy. Yeah. Um, I mentioned that you would be a fool if I came up to you and said, hey, let me do your dentures because my dad worked in a dental lab. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Equally ridiculous as someone said, I work night security museum. <laughs> I looked at a lot of paintings. <laughs> I can sniff out a lie like nobody. But what if it was the Louvre? What if it was the Mona Lisa she's looking at? Those eyes, man. I feel like this show is showing me that she is a a weak, ineffectual leader. (laughs) Right? It depends on how much you buy the eye reading stuff. But yeah. No sale. No buying at all. There is no trade on that market. That market is flat. (laughs) They have... The uh, uh, what did FTC shut it down? Uh, yeah, it's a penny stock and free fall. No, no, there's no action there. It, it's I, telling me that she, she, there's incompetency within her entire structure here. Like her yes. scientist, when he's shooting darts and and zombies' heads are exploding because he doesn't quite have the formula right, and she's like, "Is that it? That's the best you got? One of these things and one that's head explodes." Yeah. Well, he hasn't done his job as best as possible. And here we've got Sad Max choosing peace over her uh, objectives. Yeah, it feels like she's. I mean, the only way to describe that is an ineffective leader. She has not inspired people to follow her above all their other concerns. And it's. Yeah, I. I that's the. I, I feel like. I, but I don't know what the show is intending because like it's it's actually realistic. I think it's it's uh, it's a it's a point of historical fact that like fascist authoritarian regimes um, are just never going to be effectual, especially on the world stage. Like maybe you can keep a country beshitted if you have like, you know, powerful other countries that are ideologically aligned with you that can kind of prop you up. But like once you go take that shit global, the rest of the world that's non-fascist are just going to be able to beat you because you're going to be hobbled by the fact that like your best and brightest are not going to be the ones working for you. Uh, you're going to take whoever is politically aligned, regardless of how batshit crazy they are. And I think they're telling the story mm-hmm. of this weak, ineffectual woman who failed her way to the top, um, probably has massive insecurity, putting all of her faith into an equally incompetent mad scientist that for, for some, I don't even know what the fuck the end game on the super zombies are. Uh, they're going to unleash super zombies probably at the... Actually, that sounds kind of fucking badass. Uh, super at zombie siege mm-hmm. uh, for next season. Um, but, like, yeah, like, I... and and But but it, 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 it... 
it, it makes me not take them seriously. So it's like they might be telling that story because like mm. it's historically accurate and it's like that's the way fascist kind of things go. Um, but like I, I feel like they're just telling the story of what they think is like a really competent but like was you know like a soccer mom type who's now leading a fucking fourth reich in france kind of deal uh i I don't know it's just not working for me (laughs) all right i'm i'm gonna risk a comparison to the last of us okay (laughs) and i know how fraught that is here oh yes uh with um Shell, what's her name? Lysinki? Lysinki? Uh, Linsky, yeah. Melanie Linsky, Linsky yeah. her character over in The Last of Us, is Holy shit. A, a version of this that I actually think is more competent. It certainly makes a lot more sense. It makes a hell of a lot more sense in that show, yeah. 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 I mean, I guess I, I gotta say that, like, um, maybe the scales have fallen out of my eyes somewhat, but... Uh... Yeah, making the Melanie to Janae connection, they did. They did ape a lot of. The only thing they didn't ape is have. They're inviting so much email, so much email. We're not doing a a final. That's that's why uh, we do it at the end of season. And I will. I'm having a press release. (laughs) I'm having press conference. I will not be taking questions afterwards. Okay, cool. Um, (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll answer all questions. I'll I'll save that for the uh, the Rick and Michonne adventure that we're going to get in February. It turns out. Apparently, yeah. Uh, yeah, but no, it's like, I think the only thing, the only tick off the checkbox, the, uh, the, the last was checkbox they didn't do is have Laurent actually have to be competent enough to save himself yeah. and Daryl in a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. Yeah. If, if Janae was a cannibal in a cabin, <laughs> they, they really could have gotten them, gotten the, the whole thing done. But the thing is, mm-hmm. Laurent would have been believable in the Ellie role, which is why I fundamentally don't think those comparisons are anything beyond surface level because like the walk, the walking dead can never get this plot line really going, let alone soaring. And the last of us obviously did, but well, we still have yeah, time I see it. as, as long as Carol has not, as long as Terminator Carol has not entered the picture, there's still yeah. cause for Laurent to have to save Daryl at some point. But once Carol's True. there, yeah, there is no force that could prevent Carol from saving everyone. So right, like I would not buy that Laurent could save Carol and Daryl from something that's imperiled them both. There's no, no way, no not happening. <laughs> right. Uh, let's go back to the nest where Daryl packs up to leave without saying goodbye to anyone. Issa catches him and tells him that he's leaving because he's scared of caring about Laurent. She's disappointed and wishes him luck on his journey. Uh. I like this scene quite a bit, actually. I think Daryl is straight shooting here in a way that few shows have the balls to do. He's just telling her exactly what has happened and exactly where he's been as far as his stance on going home the entire time, and he's 100% right. And he's playing completely fair, and Issa is playing completely selfishly and and uh, with her cards against her chest here. Because, like... You're abandoning Laurent like your father did? Fuck you. Fuck you, lady. That's not what this is at all. If you, if I stayed, I would be abandoning two other children over here and an entire community of people that I love. And this has always been my story. I told you from the jump, from the moment we met, first thing I said to you was, I'm going home. Yeah, I, they, they call this a nonviolent communication leveling 
which is like the way adults should always be talking to each other, where you just lay what you want out, what you're trying to get out, what you're willing to offer and what you're willing to and and you just you just you just level with the person. Mm -hmm. And Daryl is in that constant frame of leveling as an adult. And Issa is in his constant frame of manipulating and Ugh. trying to twist him up. And even at the end where she's like, well, I'm glad to have known you. And she leaves frostily. That's another that that bullshit is a manipulation tactic, too. Yeah. She's trying to um, guilt him into this. And, it, and my God, her accusing him of not admitting why he's really staying. Well, then dude. why don't you fuck why fucking admit why you actually want him to stay? And it's not for LeBron. Right. No one's buying that shit. You with your shoulder out, oh, oh, oh Monsieur, because no, you helped me dress I, I my wounds. Am, I'm more buying that it is for Laurent than it is, because I don't think that she's actually attracted to. I think she feels really? about Daryl the way Linda Hamilton felt about the Terminator and Terminator Two. Really, like she sees the obvious father figure connection. I mean, that's definitely um, there for sure. I, and, I swear, there's something sexual from her into this too, but maybe not. I, mean, I don't maybe, know. She's a fucking I, nun. Who knows? Um, I mean, like I said, it maybe she's wrong. attracted to Daryl's in in inherent goodness, but um, I never got a lot of chemistry from these two. Um, no? Chemistry and like, like a, like a mom-dad kind of chemistry. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah no, you're you're not but like the thing is like daryl always kind of played those scenes like he was intentionally yeah. keeping her at arm's length because he's like he said same story like i've been trying to get mm -hmm. the hell out of here i've been not trying to get too close to you people <laughs> right um and now i've completed i fulfilled my promise my obligation to you now i need to fulfill my obligation to the other people i love yeah he's right? being so he's being so honest so so yes. forthright with her and when she threw that abandon you like your father <laughs> that he had just opened up to her in this very episode like oh my god lady you're going down through the sub basement for <laughs> shit to throw at yeah. this poor guy no laurent is not the character i hate in this show it's Issa. She's so manipulative. Like, that's the thing. I I got through this whole season really liking Is Isabel and Laurent. And this one episode kind of has got me <laughs> making the stink face about it. Like I've smelled a stale fart. Mm. What is what is that smell? You know, it's not outright hostility yet. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. But this is pretty fucking low. I Yeah, that yeah. line especially. God. But what I mean, that's the thing about the people with religious because I also think it's a big religious motivation, like her entire post apocalyptic life is hinging on the belief that Laurent is special, that it means something. Mm -hmm. And then you add a layer of God to that and she would do anything to keep that going. Yeah, no, I, I understand there's desperation there from her. But like if this is how she treats an adult like imagine so she's using shit that daryl has opened up to her with and told her about his father right he's he's come out of his shell a little bit and given her that information and she just immediately throws that back in his face and uses it to hurt him and manipulate him how has she been raising this child like no wonder laurent's such a fucking mess yeah like she mm, says she's I mean, coddled I'm, him i don't think it's coddling i think it's manipulation and then yeah and bad parent just horrible parenting it is yeah it's not the kind of parenting style i would have taken that's for sure <laughs> no. god but i'm not trying to raise a messiah either true maybe this is how you raise a messiah maybe 
Uh, I think uh, a character I also hate from Foundation this season had a particular thing that about like turning children into gods and how it's not not necessarily the way to go. And I, I agree with that. Hey, don't shamble away. We'll be right back. Here are the weekly highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. Apple TV is releasing a new series based on Blake Crouch's novel, Dark Matter. Aaron and I are big fans of his work, so we're picking up the new show on day one. Join us this Wednesday for the preview podcast. The Shogun Limited series might be over, but that doesn't mean our Shogun coverage has to end. We've got the wrap-up podcast releasing this Tuesday, where we'll consider all your feedback and final thoughts on the series. And because we like the show so much, we decided to go all the way back to 1980 to cover the first TV adaptation of the novel. Do what you can to find a copy and join us this Thursday for the first of our four-part podcast on the 1980s Shogun miniseries. And finally, the latest first-run movie, The Fall Guy, features Emily Blunt and Ryan Gosling. He's a stuntman tasked with finding the star of his ex-girlfriend's movie when he suddenly goes missing. Is it a rom-com? Yes. Does that mean I'll automatically hate it? Not if the trailer lives up to its promise. Join us for the podcast on Bald Move Pulp this Thursday night. You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. We're about 10 weeks out from House of the Dragon Season 2, and it's time to prepare for war. Which in our case means, well, watching a lot of Hot D and reading a lot of Fire and Blood. Each week between now and June 16th, Maester Anthony and his co-host Steve are hosting a watch of each episode of Hot D Season 1. And then me and Jim are going to host a discussion of the differences between the events on that episode and how they're recounted in George R.R. Martin's historical tome, Fire and Blood. That's right, I've resorted to reading dragon books. God help us all. We'll see if my fresh eyes add any new insights or predictions into season two. Arm yourselves with all the lore you can for the battles ahead. House of the Dragon returns June 16th, but we've got you covered until then. Check out all of our upcoming Hot D coverage on the Hot D feed or on Bald Move Pulp, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hungry Ones Will Feast. We're back The Watching Dead. So before he leaves, Daryl pays Laurent a visit. And Laurent's asleep. So he places the Rubik's Cube on his bed and leaves. Uh, he doesn't just leave the bedroom. He doesn't even just leave the whole castle. He leaves the area and then I think the country because he comes up on an American flag. Uh, no, he's definitely still in France here. But he finds this graveyard... Uh, in the middle of nowhere, that is a French graveyard for American soldiers killed in World War II. But it's not just any French graveyard for American soldiers. It's the French graveyard where his grandfather is buried. And he searches around and finds his tombstone. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I, I knew about this cemetery. Um, you've seen it before in fiction. It's the uh, framing device for Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, now there, there are a lot they, of these, I, this, yeah. this is not the real graveyard because like the real graveyard is like ridiculously beautiful and manicured yeah. like a golf course. And even in the zombie apocalypse would not look this be, 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 be knighted, right? Blighted. Um, 
and, uh-huh. and, and there yeah, are some like, and they're also not going to give them and... permission to like fucking post-apocalypsify these this no. hollowed ground uh, <laughs> of course uh, not. For, for both france and america so they're they're doing but but i think it's cool and i like and the real cemetery does directly connect to the beaches and they do have those german fortifications and i think that's like a really cool and i thought the idea and again i thought this whole thing like there's also this whole talk especially on second watch of this show where lo sang is out like there's like a sparkle in his eye when he's talking about yeah the boat can only go to this particular beach at this particular time and i think he was setting up daryl to have this and, and like so, i guess so is this know. another My betrayal this by Issa? because because losang doesn't know anything about daryl dixon's grandfather he doesn't know anything about his personal history Issa goes to him behind the scenes here and tells him, hey, you can maybe manipulate this guy by sending him to the beach where his grandfather's tombstone might be. Yeah, I'd buy that. You wouldn't. I would like to see that if that's the case. Yeah. They if that's the story things. you're trying to tell, tell it. I felt like the Laurent, they could have maybe set that up with him like one eye opening or his eyes open after Daryl leaves the room because they don't give us any consideration that you know especially no, they want to preserve the surprise above all that's all this show cares I want to talk about. about i want i want to wait to get to there so i talk about it but, uh, yeah. but okay going back to this on first and second watch i actually found this really moving even if it is a coincidence or if it's it's a it's a gambit by low sang uh the idea that like daryl would stumble across this this uh, normandy cemetery and and again i don't understand i i it's my understanding that most of the nearly ten thousand dead servicemen here are from the omaha beach invasion mm-hmm. so it'd make a lot of sense if daryl sees this and recognizes its significance which why wouldn't he um you know, he might be like, oh, God, I don't. I wish the old man was Jewish because it'd be a lot easier to find the stars amongst the, the crosses <laughs> in this cemetery. But, uh-huh. but like the fact that like Daryl, he's right there where he needs to be. Why wouldn't he take the rest of the day to try to find his old man's dad's tombstone? And the fact that as he long did as he can meet it, the he boat, had, yeah, he found that moment and he had that moment. And I thought Norman Reedus, like he's done so many times this season, sold this kind of semi ridiculous idea, and. Yeah. Have we actually got to the storming of the beach? Uh, not yet. No. Okay. Uh, I was uh, kind of yeah, like I said, I, uh, I don't, I, this again, the show absolutely gorgeous. The, every bit of the cinematography that happens between him leaving the nest and going to Normandy is stunning. Like there's a sun sunrise sequence where he's walking over this fr- uh, f- uh, f- uh, fog shrouded, mist shrouded meadow, uh, there's him walking on this like craggy kind of like coastline. It's just just amazing, amazing visuals. And in this mediocre show, it's insane. Agreed. Yeah. No, it's, it looks beautiful. Uh, Daryl Dixon, an anomaly amongst his family. I mean, you had his grandfather who seemed to kind of, you know, Dixon, Daryl frames it as like, Oh, my grandfather left his pregnant wife and went off and died in some foreign country. He seems a little bitter drafted, about it, but like, right? Well, no, he he specifically says he left. Like, I I don't know. I think he said he joined up or something. Um, uh, and Daryl frames it one way, but like the other way you can look at it is he was trying to save the entire fucking world. <laughs> like, it's yeah. a noble cause. Uh, and then you got his father who volunteered for that war. Yeah, like because it was. I mean, if you got a 
he got you got to uh, draw a, a line around some kind of righteous war or battle. Like it's hard to say no to World War Two being on the Allied side. But, but then you got you got his father who was a real piece of shit. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that to attribute it to him being fatherless because uh, that's the effect that this has here, right? His grandfather dying. His father grew up Darryl without a puts father. A quite a bit of credit on that, yeah. But Daryl grew up without a real father. I mean, not without a father. Maybe it's the counter example where it's like a, a counter role model can turn you into someone better. Mm. But then you look at Merle and you say, well, it didn't work on the whole family because uh, he was a real piece of shit too. So I'm trying, to, wonder... I'm trying to figure out what they're doing with the fatherless boy thing because obviously this connects back to Laurent. The thing is, is like, does the show realize it also equally connects back to Rick's kids? That like they are literally. <laughs> I'm not sure orphaned. if it does. Yeah. They don't have a they don't have a mother or a father. Yeah. And like, and Daryl was their was their surrogate father or whatever. His, yeah. Yes, adopted at least uncle, godfather type thing to them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, everything you can say about Laurent applies ten times, I think, to RJ and and Judith. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, again, I, I think they had so many things that almost worked in this episode. I just kept on, and even like I said, like they do they do do the little stuff. Like they got this YouTube record, this YouTube record uh, needle drop that I thought was really brilliant, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But down to the fact that the Normandy cemetery, it was like, I guess, essentially established the day of the invasion. Like there's a staff sergeant that had thousands of bodies he had to bury. He's like, I'm taking this patch of France and I'm getting to work. And this original name before it became the Normandy American Cemetery and and the memorial was the Cemetery of St. Laurent. Oh, boy. And it's like if this show uh-huh. was the fucking prestige show that it wants to be, wouldn't you get if, if I did that research, I'd be like, fucking bravo. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's the cherry on top of a delicious Sunday. But The Walking Dead does this. They just sprinkle these cherries on yeah. dog shit. And it's like, <laughs> well, you don't get credit for putting cherry on dog shit. Yeah, like, sure it tastes came. better, but it's still not good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if I had to eat dog shit, uh-huh. I'd like a maraschino cherry on top. Yeah. But I'd rather not have to eat the dog shit. So and, and I just, like I can see, like let's say, okay, maybe he didn't know that. Maybe Lasang didn't know that his actual grandfather would be in this cemetery. Because how could he? But he would know what it might represent, right? Where Americans came over and liberated France, freed the French people, and he's hoping that this will inspire Daryl to return and do the same uh, with his people. But. It, that still that still doesn't feel right to me. It, it's like I, I don't know that not all of those dots are connecting to me. There's still no, something yeah, weird about I, it. And then the fact that they literally put his grandfather, I, I I almost wish they had left that out because then their message would be stronger. Yeah, and be more know. focused because like now I'm, it's I'm a, a little... it's personal in a way that is is kind of a little a little too much for me. And like I said, I've been I've been more open to the things I've been trying to do this season for whatever reason. And even I like the best I can say is this can't like this. These are really good ideas that with the right execution would have worked. And they just didn't put the execution into it probably because they're not capable of it. And then there's the whole offensively like uh, Americentric view of it. Right. Where you're like, oh, yeah, France needs an American hero to save them. It's 
yeah it's undermined that's by an that interesting too. subtext that i wonder if they even recognized is like that's what i know, mean but, yeah with the storytelling of the walking dead I'm but also sure like i don't know like i get it where it's a problem to especially in a, a, a very freshly post-colonial asterisk mark not actually post-colonial world to like be sensitive about that but like honestly and i kind of said this at the beginning of the stage, like if you're in nato we're your open game for any kind of like storytelling device. You can be the worst, like if like a Frenchman, German, Swede, you can be the worst kind of stereotype. You can be the worst kind of hero. You can be the worst kind of, you can be anything. Like, I, I don't think we have to give you special like cultural consideration anyway, because like you're in our fucking gang, man, you know? <laughs> okay. Like yeah. as like as a very like you it's like you gotta tread carefully when you're talking about like African countries and cultures and Eastern cultures and 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 things and 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 uh, you know Native uh, American cultures and things but like fucking NATO allies nah man there's no there's nothing sacred between us <laughs> I don't think so anyway all right make fun of our accents our food our mm-hmm. our our culture and you know I, shit if you if you don't like it. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, the problem being, I'm sure they didn't take it out. Take it out on this the next Atlantic War Games, I guess. Kick kick our asses sure. on, on the Atlantic battlefield in, in, in our in our next war game. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, Daryl has this moment uh, where he he just kind of ponders what it means to be a Dixon, I guess, uh, and what it means to be him specifically in this moment. This choice he's got to make. And he sees the boat out on the coast. He flags it down. Um, some walkers try to eat him, but he fights them all off as he makes his way to the beach. And then the big reveal of the episode, Laurent shows up. He reveals that he's been following him this entire time. And he is he has to choose between the boat or watching Laurent get his ass eaten off by walkers. End of the season. And like I said, even to this point where the thing, the execution has been strong, like as soon as I saw that, oh my God, they're going to have Daryl reverse storm Normandy <laughs> through a bunch of fucking zombies, dodging them through the pillboxes, mason his way to the beach. Uh-huh. And the exact, the return home, the exact opposite. I was like, God damn, this is kind of cool. And then Laurent shows like, God, why the la- if the last ep- if it, honestly, if the last image of him was standing on the beach with a bloody mace with that boat coming in and that's uh-huh. the last thing we saw, I would have probably been saying that this is an episode. This was a great episode of The Walking Dead and a really good season of The Walking Dead, because like to me. Then then you again, you can have Laurent show up literally five seconds in the next season. But like it just. Oh man, it really, it really, um, it really bummed me out that 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 Laurent showed up at the end. Because here's the thing: um, I, since I was kind of going down the theory that this is a low sang gambit, it made sense that they would show to try to you know make one last attempt to to seduce Daryl to the French side. But if you don't buy that, this is just ridiculous. Like you, so Laurent did a two day march through the French countryside, shadowing Daryl Dixon, Arch Bushmaster Hunter, mm-hmm. without Daryl being aware of it? Fucking Issa can't follow him for five minutes without him smoking her out. Like, I don't think, yeah. I don't think Laurent's capable of the voyage. I certainly don't think Laurent is capable of doing the voyage undetected. And 
I also think that Laurent's going to die. I don't think Daryl can get up that beach. Like <laughs> those can't. zombies are like five foot from him. There's like, they yeah. did this crane shot showing me, convincing me utterly that well, Laurent's going to pull the like zombie yep, magic yep, thing, yep, which wa wasn't even yep. real, by the way. That was a dream or he's going to die. But, but it's a, it's a, it's a prophetic dream is what it is, right? Like that's why they showed that before. It has to be. What if this is literally Daryl dreaming again? Like you're going to like, cause this is all early morning. He left at dawn. <laughs> Oh, like you're going to get to the next season. It's just like, like he, he wakes up in the nest and it's the day he's supposed to leave. He's like, you know what? I've had a change of heart. Oh, okay. Could be. Could be. Yeah. I just I doubt it. Also, you have convinced me that the flail is a problem. <laughs> it looks so silly, right? And it's the same thing over. But I uh -huh. kind of think that that like Norman Reedus is like, guys, I'm like in my 50s. My shoulder is fucked. I can't like if you won't let me use the crossbow, then I can't just be dual wielding knives and axes like I used to. Give me something where I can just kind of swing. The problem you is can, he swings see, it all the you time. You can CG. You can. Yeah. That, but and Has like no I one said, told like, him yeah. like you don't have to really build momentum with that thing. You can no, just you get you it, get momentum with one swing. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be spinning it like an idiot the whole time. It, it's an inherently awkward weapon too. like no doubt effective. You get a lot of uh, momentum with, behind that weight. But like it, it's awkward. You, you can accidentally hit yourself with it. You can hit your arm with it. It's. Yeah, it's not no, the best like, weapons and it looks well, real dumb when you're constantly twirling it. I've alluded to the fact that I watch these sword guys, these guys that like are in the medieval reenactment and swordsmanship and stuff like that. And they've many times talked about how like the flail is not a great weapon. It's not a great like, you know, one V one duel. Is it was designed, it had a role in the battlefield to like get around shields. Like sure. a knight had a big shield. You hit that and it hits and it breaks their arm anyway or it hits their yep. head. But like other than that that limited case use it's it was a specialty weapon it was a specialty weapon to defeat like an anti-tank round of the day it's like mm -hmm. that's great for a tank but you can't really shoot down an aircraft you can't use it on infantry very well it's not effective mm -hmm. and and the, the, the other thing is like also when you're using it you it just doesn't have the versatility of like a pole arm or a sword you can't block with it you just really can you have diagonal up and down strokes is essentially and, Everything they said, I kept on watch as I was like, oh, my God, it's the same fucking move over and over and over again yeah. because you can't do anything else with it. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's and yeah, I imagine it's, it's effective problem. for cracking zombie skulls. But yeah, it's just, it's the it's same just thing. not fun to watch Daryl kill zombie after zombie with the same fucking move. Um, well, Daryl is that bottom. right? Like the, the defining characteristic of Daryl is that he is a niche kind of guy. He uses a crossbow. Who uses a crossbow? They're cumbersome to reload. Takes forever. Whereas with a regular bow, you get 90% of what you get from a crossbow and you can reload it almost instantaneously. Uh, who, who, but you don't have it ready to go all the time like you can with a crossbow. Uh, true, yeah. It does take a second to, to load in, arrow, in, at the beginning. Especially uh, if you're caught like totally by surprise, you know? I would never feel comfortable with a cocked crossbow on my person yeah but if you're going into a building you've got you that can ready to go where it, yeah. like try to hold back a 50 yeah, pound yeah. bow for <laughs> no. 10 seconds you need to acquire a target before you a, a building for example yeah yeah totally uh and then you know he uses the motorcycle which i would argue is very effective i, mean, I think a motorcycle yeah. is probably the 
a vehicle if you want one in the apocalypse. Um, oh, yeah. But it's also niche. And not a lot of people out there riding bikes. A lot more cars. And I also like they introduced his sweet ass knife for one episode that I guess the boys in Maine took from him. But like, God damn, that thing is I, I kind of want to see him using what's essentially like, uh, I don't know, like uh, like a, a Roman centurion sword. That's like it's huge. It's like 18 inches long. I kind of yeah. was hoping to see him use that. But we got him using his shitty trench knife. World War One trench knife and and the flail that he got from a castle, uh, a nun castle. His brass knuckle knife is that the one you're talking about? The trench yeah. knife. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about this flail. I think he needs to drop that thing. Drop the Morning Star. Yeah. But I do wonder if it's like it's like it's it's easy for Norman Reedus because also I I believe ever, the chain and the ball is not real. I think it's oh yeah, like CG. So it's like the the chore- <laughs> choreographing of that is so much easier. You CG. Know. Why wouldn't they just make it like rubber or something? You spend all that money know. CGing a flail, and you, you can... might be right. I just assume that that's why he's always spinning it because it's you know a lot easier to to model that way, and then you don't yeah. have to worry about accidentally hitting a stunt person. You know, I just think the directors tell him spin it more. It looks cool. I disagree. Faster, more cool. intense at the spinning. Yeah. Um, I thought the needle drop of U 2s uh seconds uh-huh you know is interesting because the backstory on that is that's u2's first song that bono wasn't the lead singer on the edge sings the first two mm. verses and it's like this is daryl dixon's coming out behind rick's shadow he's fronting <laughs> okay. the show Mm-hmm. And it's also thema- it's also on point in terms of its theme. It's I mean this is a like a nuclear anti nuclear anthem, you know. Uh, but like the plain reading of the text is it just takes a second to say goodbye. He didn't say goodbye to, and then they pay yeah. it off with Carol too when she leaves yeah. the biker in the trunk. I I thought it was again cherries on top of a dog shit sandwich <laughs> Sunday, but but I, I the, the cherries were nice. Yeah, I did say that's the end of the season. It's the end of the season proper, but we get a stinger here. Uh, we're back in America. Somebody in a car chases down somebody on a motorcycle. Uh, the biker shoots the car to a stop, and then Carol gets out, and she asks if, he, if he's seen Daryl. He hasn't. He takes a look around her supplies, and she knocks him out. And when he comes to, she demands to know where he got the bike. He says it's from a camp down the road. She locks him in the trunk, takes the bike, and heads to Freeport, Maine, because this is Daryl's bike. I get that Carol's a badass. Um, I just didn't think they did a very good job of like this. And this this guy's a dumbass. Biker reads more incompetent. Yeah. Like, how the hell is you a post-apocalyptic biker? How have you lasted this long if you're mm-hmm. this fucking? Now I get it. Carol's a nice lady and she comes off a of kind of like a grandma and you in know, that red motorcycle jacket doesn't read as grandma the thing. to me she does not read as a grandma she steps nope. out of Mad Max's own Mustang <laughs> with a leather jacket yeah no yeah no she is not to be under miss especially since the way it's not like she found him dead on the side of the road like you know broken down the side of the road yeah. she, she came up trying to ram him off the road like he gave her way too much like why does he need yeah. to shoot her? He he seems like an okay biker. I'll say that. You know? He doesn't seem like the guy to shoot first, ask questions later, but that's probably a liability in the apocalypse. Especially when someone tried to, they, they introduced themselves <laughs> yeah, by yeah. running, trying to run you off the road. Like, yeah, that's crazy. 
Yeah. Uh, like if he hadn't looked behind him and sped up, I think there she just rams it. Although maybe not. Maybe she because she needed information from him, right? And she probably doesn't want to destroy Daryl's bike. That's true too. Thoughtful, thoughtful in a friend. Yeah. But but yeah, yeah, you get. I mean, it's it's it just was a contri- It's a extra contrived situation. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and now we we find out we're up in Freeport, Maine, which I don't know about you, but I think is pretty close to New Finland. Mm-hmm. It's also yeah, it's also close to where Daryl. It's oh my god, they need a Walking Dead Carol Peltier mm-hmm. because it would be really funny if she left for France at the exact same. She arrives in France at the exact same time he steps out in Newfoundland. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Has a TV show um, ever done a crossover episode that airs one episode as an episode for each show? Do you know what I mean? Like Ooh, they air a single episode, yeah, but they yeah. call it Carol season one, episode six and Daryl season two, episode six. I don't, I mean, they essentially did that at the book of Boba Fett, but they didn't do, they didn't, <laughs> they, they didn't, didn't call actually it call it out. Season yeah, 2.5. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're right. I, I, I actually attempted. think uh, we've talked about this before. I'm not entirely sure why Marvel hasn't, especially like on the Disney plus network done like a supersized crossover event where you get like all the shitty side plots from the car, the car, the, and, and they're all in, they'd probably call it a mini series or something. But I thought that'd be cool if you have like a one-off episode that just comes off as like, you know, infinity, it'd be called like uh, Marvel infinity mm-hmm. war. Uh, and then, you know, you'd have an episode that's branded as the, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and you'd have one that's branded as WandaVision and one that's like because that's how they used to I used to as a comic book reader I loved that as a kid when like you know oh my god the it's the evolution evolutionary war and all the X-Men and X-Factor and probably Spider-Man 2 is involved in it or you know you'd have these giant crossover events and we got comic book shows now and they don't do it yeah they're trying to do that stuff in I, I don't know. I, I'm not exactly sure like what the distinction there is because I'm not like I bet a big the, comic I bet there's reader, a lot. I, I so I I know more about Hollywood now than I did before thanks to the writer strike. And mm-hmm. it seems like there's a lot of things that don't make sense on Hollywood that come down to like credit and residuals yeah. and like uh, one, one of the reasons. One of the reasons that it's very, been very vogue in the streaming age to have like these mini series that are obviously continuations of the same show, but they're a new show, so you don't have to pay people as if they've been in a long-running TV show. This isn't mm-hmm. this isn't The Walking Dead. This is Daryl Dixon. Yeah. This isn't The Walking Dead. This is Dead City. This isn't you know The Avengers. This is the so like they kind of play that shell game. And I bet if they did something like what we're talking about, it would fuck up. Like who who gets the residuals for all those shows? You mm-hmm. know. Yeah, feels like they're shooting themselves in the foot a bit because I don't know about you, but it hasn't gone well on the Star Wars side. Um, yeah, or the especially Marvel when side, they try actually. and force it, where it's like you need yeah. to watch this other show to get this other show's plot. Um, yeah, so it's because yeah. they're not doing it. That the, the, the that's the, that was the beauty of the crossovers is they happened, and then it's like you got back to the regular your regular scheduled event, uh-huh. and you know it's just like the self contained thing. But you know if you and if you miss the evolutionary war, who gives a shit? You know, Mm -hmm. maybe you'll get an editor's note a a year from now. It'll remind you of something that you might have missed, but it's like not that big a deal. And yeah. Yeah. But it does seem clear that they're going to meet up in the Northeast or at the very least, uh, Daryl's going to fuck around in England. 
in England for a while, and maybe Carol will head up to Newfoundland and she'll end up meeting him over there, maybe. I will say I buy people, I would buy people meeting on transatlantic crossings in a zombie apocalypse a hell of a lot more than I would in like present day because there's not that many ships. There's not that many (laughs) people. So it would make a lot of sense to like for them to cross. I'm not saying they will cross paths in Dover, but if they did, it would make a lot of sense because how many ports are there? How many people are coming through? How many ships? There'll literally be ships passing in the night. They will be, she's on the ship over to England yeah. and he's on the ship back to Newfoundland and they'll miss each other in the Atlantic. <laughs> I don't know. I got to say, I, I've enjoyed, I, I actually think it's a little bit of the show's special sauce at Daryl Solo because anytime they throw Daryl with someone else, like the temptation to be, let Daryl be monosyllabic while everyone else like talks around them is just too great for the writers to overcome because like i think Mm -hmm. daryl has been 10 times more interesting like honestly daryl hasn't had a good plot line since like easy street honestly yeah like he's been stagnant the connie stuff i was enjoying but yeah not i like that and and he's like been but he's mostly been like the daddy figure for rj ever since ever since rick and michonne left that's kind of like he's been sidelined to just their you know protector Mm -hmm. and uh having him just on his own has let him do a lot more cool things has really let norman reedus off the off the the leash a little bit and i feel like when melissa mcbride shows up as much as i like her and carol the dynamic of the show is going to instantly feel stale again but we'll see yeah we'll see uh i mean maybe they're maybe they're planning on finally bringing their relationship to a head because i know they've like you know said their besties and stuff but it's something i can't shake about that connection um that maybe they're hinting at with you know daryl refusing to answer the question if he's ever been in love uh Mm -hmm. maybe they're leaning into something here but i'm not holding out hope because i still also really like that he's never answered that question yeah yeah like what Uh, like that's the thing it's like when they finally hook him up with somebody if that's what they're going to do a lot of pressure to like this is the one that cracks uh-huh. the great wall of dixon not carol not connie man not- woman whatever lies between like i'm genuinely curious of what is the human being that he's gonna be like yeah, yeah. i wanna i wanna make make sexy times with you yeah what's his type i don't know but that's it for the season we'll have to see more i guess in some other project or a season two which we know is a thing yeah, I know this has been a longer episode. We've taken a while to recap it, but I feel like we also got all of our thoughts on the whole season, the wrap up, and kind of what we're hoping for next year. So it kind of serves as a as a as a combined wrap up. And also, we got a little bit of feedback too. The Walking Dead, TWD at BaldMove.com. We're on Easy Street. You're listening to The Watching Dead. We'll be right back. Cause the world is but a treat. Hey, it's time for another season of Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? The premise is simple. A Gen Xer and a millennial watch old 80s action TV to see what still works and what doesn't. In previous seasons, we've done podcasts for Knight Rider, Airwolf, MacGyver, A-Team, and more. However, this year we're doing a very special season of Feeney. We're going back and reviewing the very special episodes of 80s and 90s sitcoms. 
Come cringe along with us as Hollywood tries to warn our families of the dangers of underage smoking, drug abuse, alcoholism, eating disorders, and much more. We start out with the episode of Boy Meets World where a high school kid gets sucked into a cult. Worlds collide as the Mr. Feeney finally makes an appearance on Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? Join me and my buddy Jay each week for episodes full of nostalgia and secondhand embarrassment. And don't worry, if very special isn't your speed, we've also got some all-time classic Knight Rider episodes to close the season with. Find Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? each Wednesday on Bald Move Pulp starting April 3rd. Feral Daryl still kicking. Here's more of The Watching Dead. Oh, before we go to feedback, are we ready to talk about our ongoing plans for The Walking Dead? Um, I mentioned that the Rick and Michelle series is coming out Mm -hmm. middle of February, and I think, based on the state of Hollywood and everything, that we will probably be covering that. Yeah, almost certainly. Um, and if we do, I think it's a, another strong bet that we get around to Dead City either before or after that, depending on how the TV schedule is looking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's our, our like, uh, I'm I'm very interested in seeing where they end up with the, the Rick and Michonne stuff. I also say that, like, I think the six episode season has benefited them in that. I can say a lot about the season, but I didn't think it felt flabby. Like there was maybe no. one episode where I remember thinking like, okay, this was, uh, I felt like that maybe they had a, a half a se- uh, episodes worth of plot that they had the stuff in here, but like nothing like we were used to with the uh, 16 episode seasons. So <laughs> not even close. I'm kind of excited about us there. Cause there's so much shit to cover in a Rick and Michonne crossover that like six episodes doesn't even seem like it's enough. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm certain that when they they renew some of these series like Daryl Dixon, that'll probably start bloating them up again. But enjoy enjoy the Savelt seasons while they last. And if this is your last stop for us until The Walking Dead, I might be able to tempt you with some of our upcoming coverage. Uh, we are covering Loki right now. We have plans to cover Fargo. Um, we are looking at maybe we're going to be announcing this on on social media um probably this week of whether we're also going to cover for all mankind as well uh we're looking forward to true detective uh, season four in the new year if you want to if you want to see what we're covering keep up to date uh, i recommend you follow us on your social media of choice at bald move uh unless your social media of choice is tiktok we're at baldest move there um but yeah and uh, as always, if you'd like to support what we're doing here at Bald Move, support.baldmove.com is how you join the club, get extra audio, video content, and ad-free feeds. All right, let's let's put this thing to bed. We got a couple emails, twd at baldmove.com. If you do want to get uh, any of your I told you so's in about The Last of Us so I can respond three or four months from now, do it, twd at baldmove.com. Eric's up first. He says, hey, guys, please clear something up for me. The scooter girl from the previous episode was like 10 years old when she got infected and it's been like 12 years since the apocalypse and she's still 10. Do the infected not age anymore? Are they now immortal and won't die of old age? They could find a cure, say like 20 years from now and bring her back and she's still 10 years old. Some kind of crazy fountain of youth remedy. Is this an oversight on the show or do not understand how infection works? I assume they stop aging. Yeah. But like I'd also assume their circulatory system stops working mm-hmm. and apparently the hypodermic super zombie or, uh, 
Yeah, uh, they, they did, I mean, the you have to have blood coursing through your veins fresh. to spread it. So, and they did have that line yeah. where they're particularly looking for fresh zombies. So maybe like zombies that corrode too long. But it's, zombies it's also, didn't look fresh to me. But I don't yeah. know. But honestly, I thought they, they they've been doing this shit ever since Frank Darabont left. But like honestly, uh, Quinn looked like he had been in the ground for a year and a half when yeah. he came back, and he had just died five minutes ago. So mm-hmm. what the fuck? Um, there's some kind of like rapid decay, onset decay, and then it really slows down after like the first six months or so, and then it takes you forever to just because I, I I mean I I don't have a good answer for like when the zombies stop just 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 wear out yeah like we've seen zombies I don't know buried if ever in mud mm-hmm. for apparently years still be viable we've seen zombies on fire burnt to almost a skeleton uh be able to reanimate um we've seen zombies cut away in tunnels and things for like dec a decade and they're still I mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, clearly they are rotting, and like the older the zombie, the more rotted and kind of pathetic it is. But like, at what point are they just done? I don't know. I don't think the show's ever told us that. It's, it seems like never. I think you you got it right. You got to pierce their brain casing in order <laughs> to actually do any damage. Otherwise, as long as that's intact, they'll stay good forever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like uh, earlier seasons they were they paid a little bit more attention to that, but then as the show has gone on and on and on, it's just kind of like whatever. Man, but, I just watched um, uh, Return of the Living Dead again. That movie's yeah. so good, and that's a scary case of of zombieism where like you can't really destroy it. It's almost like it's the the Which chemical itself. Uh, is, is that the is that the one where the the the, the uh, is that the kind of funny one? Uh huh. Yeah, it's the one okay, where, the, where they they release the, the gas from a has... barrel. Abortion clinic? No. Isn't there one that has like I thought they had one where they oh maybe, maybe two I don't remember number two very well at all but like uh, they release the gas from a barrel and it infects them and then it infects some corpses and they burn the corpses and all the smoke from the corpses goes up and falls rains down onto a graveyard right. which infects all the court there seems to be no way to actually destroy one of those zombies other than completely destroying the gas or the chemical itself right which is kind of terrifying <laughs> so maybe it's yeah. that situation um but yeah I, I don't think that like yeah like what most biological processes stop it doesn't seem like zombies hair grows for mm-hmm, example mm-hmm. their fingernails don't like you've never seen a zombie with like six inch long fingernails maybe they're always just wearing them down I don't know could be um, but but yeah I, I think most biological processes stop yeah except for the one that lets them walk around <laughs> and eat things mm-hmm. uh, Jamie says Laurent is unbelievable and uh, unbelievably annoying and while perhaps that's by design I find it insufferable it's very interesting to see Daryl's story from before he got to Paris and curious to see what Isabel does uh, and I found Quinn to be an interesting character but the non-stop ham-fisting of hypercuts from Daryl's backstory to Daryl looking at Laurent Please tell me why so many kids are painfully irritating on shows. Are there folks that enjoy this? Some of it is that he's an unsocialized only child who's never left a nunnery, but cutting the boat tie, acting like an actual dunce, bordering into whiny brat. Yeah, I uh, I would disagree with you up until late episode five, but he has been a lot for the last 90 minutes of this show. All right. Um, Hot take. Aren't most kids annoying as fuck? 
I don't. I don't agree with that. Um, I, most I think kids are annoying. It's it's well, one of the main reasons I've never had ones are are either annoying or tragic. You know, that's like mm-hmm. uh, you know, crisis situations are tough on on children. Um, but like I, I never I've never found children annoying. I, I think the children um, I think the parents of children that like expose them to the public when they're overtired and they're poorly disciplined and they haven't had the appropriate that's fucking annoying. But kids like, you know, healthy, uh, well-adjusted, uh, well-cared for children, I find very pleasant. Um, and he's none of those things. Yes. He, I mean, he is intended to be a weird character. But you're you're saying like why are so many kids on television shows terrible? I think the the unfortunate truth is because they're played by children and they have zero acting experience, and it takes a very talented director to really be patient in teaching the child how to do a good natural performance because a child acting naturally at like that age, like any any time like under you know and in, in the before they get to late teens, it's like well how the fuck would they know you know. Mm-hmm. So that's the scene for and like um unfortunately if you've gone through the Walking Dead director stable it's not I mean they've got some they got some pretty good people working for them um but like not not necessarily everyone and I wouldn't say any of them are like A-listers anymore like the days of getting Michelle McLaren and uh people like that are are long long gone in this this show so I think it's but it's it's basically yeah you got essentially by definition inexperienced actors and they don't have the strongest material and they don't have the strongest people on set guiding them. Also, um, kids are annoying. Can... <laughs> <laughs> Just, I'm glad. Well, see, this is there's a reason I'm a father and you're not. Mm-hmm. You know, like life oh, sorted, yeah. the, life's pachinko system sorted us into the proper pile. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the first Walking Dead intellectual property I forayed into since back uh, going back to season who knows the show lost me a long time ago and I've stayed in the know through recaps but this is the first actual episode I've watched in years I was excited a whole new landscape I do love zombies the zombie genre and appreciate seeing new places perspectives with the French and France an entirely different culture limited access to firearms etc the sections from the World War Z novel from outside the US are some of the most fascinating Oh, fellow World War Z enjoyer uh, the Canadian chapter finally scratched my itch of how negative 40 degrees would impact zombies. And while we do see zombies portrayed in some other locales, this is all new. So I'm a little bummed that's hitting the same beats and issues that turned me back off The Walking Dead. If they cranked out a banger in X episodes, I would have been back in, uh, I'm sure. And that's what I think is what I really find irritating is I think a lot of people were probably in the same boat as you, Jamie, where it's like, I checked out on The Walking Dead, but Daryl's my favorite character. Remember the Daryl dies, we riot days, Mm -hmm. six episodes, France, fuck it. Why not? I'm in. And they had a golden opportunity to like, you're never going to get back 20 million people watching it, but I think they could have built this into two, three, four million. And like, I would have been a podcaster who would have been only too happy to tell the story of the walking dead's back, baby. It's risen from the dead. Go fucking figure. And they fumbled the bag and yeah, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's, I've it's never felt like the show is a huge keeps... fumble though. It's not, it's not like, it's not going to get the faithful back though. And that, to that's me, the is thing. I, I guess. Yeah. If, if you want to say like the stakes were all or nothing, then yeah. Yeah. I don't think it quite got there. Um, 
And in a way that like the Maggie and Negan is like, you know, nobody's coming back for Maggie and Negan, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But like Daryl and Rick, mm, that's that's an that's that's a big draw. And they could have had the perfect two stage ignition to get a lot of people back in. Like I you know, remember like late stage uh, ER when I like stopped watching it and they kept on running to commercials, it was like ER's back and it's bad as good as it ever was. And it's like I never went and checked it out to see if that was true <laughs> but it's something you can say if you can build a track record of having a few critics that you can hoodwink into thinking that this is and i would have been that critic that you could have hoodwinked and you didn't do it so mm. it's too bad it's too bad i, I feel you jamie oh well, they better uh bolster themselves for the rick and michonne stuff because that if that doesn't hit then there are no other opportunities, right? Like above even Daryl, I think the Rick and Michonne stuff is the stuff that people care about the most. But is Rick more pop? I know. I think so. Like in yeah. the grand scheme of the walk dead, he was more important, but it, was he ever more popular than Daryl Dixon? Uh, the combination of Rick and Michonne. Absolutely. Uh, Cause yeah. so many people remember how cool people thought Michonne was. I mean, there was never a Michonne dies. We riot, but, but people were fucking hyped when she showed up. And I yeah, think they stayed like that them. way. I don't think I don't think Michonne ever made a fool of herself in that show. Occasionally, no, she you know makes some weird decisions, but like overall, she stayed pretty strong throughout. Um, and I, I think yeah, we the combination of Rick and Michonne is enough to put it over the top of Daryl. But we'll see how that show goes. They need to nail that. And I was super excited when they got together romantically. I thought that was cool. I thought that great chemistry. Uh, uh-huh. I am personally invested in their family unit. So, yeah, sure. But I just said it just seemed like they had a really unique opportunity to like, hey, smaller, limited shows. Let's really polish, make this a Fabergé egg. And they just didn't quite get all the the, the egg bejeweled the way they wanted it to, I guess. Uh-huh. Jeff P says you joked a few weeks ago about the age uh, of smoking weed. I'm not sure exactly. Um, there's there's a there's a something lost in translation here. Um, oh, about the about the Genet. He just misspelled Genet. Genet oh. smoking weed. Because I don't think this is marijuana. These aren't jazz. These aren't jazz cigarettes. These are just rolled up cigarettes with tobacco. I don't know how things work stateside, but here in Europe and the UK, they're very common as they're much cheaper than cigarettes. And twelve years into the apocalypse, presumably they're all they have. Mm-hmm. Um, I man, I gotta say, I I felt pretty sure that they were marijuana cigarettes. <laughs> marijuana so they were joints especially the way that he had to double hit it like that she lit it for him and then pass it to him and it went out and he yeah, had to light it before that, it. that that's kind of a telltale mm-hmm. yeah not that i know anything about it because i no, live in a I've state heard. where i and i don't have a card but yeah i've heard say that it's the joints that you have to relight and mm-hmm. the cigarettes mostly stay 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 lit and smoking and that might not be true of hand rolled ones i don't know maybe they put yeah maybe this paper they use for but I mean, maybe it's the paper. Maybe it all comes down to the paper. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they're smoking Never really damp cigarette. tobacco. Some real sticky, icky tobacco has yeah. been properly cured. The wettest tobacco. Like they're yeah. just growing this it and pulling it right off. They don't even dry glistening, it. Glistening. Glistening yeah. with nicotine trichromes. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that works, right? Uh-huh. I think uh, that's what they're using to turn the zombies into super zombies. By the Walking Dead standards, this was a good show. Agreed. Uh, and much better than Dead City, which this has me worried because I've heard Yikes. one thing I've heard is that Dead City was not good. Dead yeah. City was maybe we dodged a bullet on that. I don't know. Well, should I, should I we cover like, it? 
I, I think it's going to curve back on us. Uh, yeah. Like that one James back of what was I wanted? Uh, that bullet's going to curve back and hit us. You, you think of that as a James McAvoy movie, huh? I think of it as an Angelina Jolie movie. Ah, uh, uh, he's the star. I, I just I, that when I saw it, I didn't think of it that way because because she was James so McAvoy, much bigger but, than him. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you could argue it's a Morgan Freeman movie. <laughs> okay, sure. He's bigger than all of them. Uh. Anyway, but it was burdened by a lot of the Walking Dead garbage, but Daryl's a leading man and subtleties of Rita's acting were genuinely excellent. That's the, the big headline for me is like if you're a Norman Rita's fan, if you're a Daryl Dixon fan, I think you ate well. Like if you, you ate all the other crazy shit swirling around him, you were eating pretty good. Better than you have in 11 seasons of The Walking Dead proper. Arguably, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's more dialogue in this show than the entirety of that True. show. True. Um, I mean, like I said, like, I think at the height, like the, the doodlebug arc and the, the you know, easy street arc, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that he had his moments, but, but yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. His, this is his stage to shine on. Uh, JP says, I do get the turn of sad max at the end in hindsight, but it's way too out of the blue. I got excited when they mentioned Dover. I'd love to see what ridiculous stereotypes Gimple et al would run with in the walking dead UK. Uh-huh. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bet you're going to get a lot of working class Coxney accents and then you're going to get at least one very posh accent who's probably a villain mm, yep yep um, yeah and you're probably going to get uh, there's probably going to be some soccer some football mm-hmm. you know probably like Daryl's going to be like what don't we have stuff to do what's what's happening and he's like it's game day mate and they're going to like put on zombie head <laughs> yeah, soccer I mean- if the walking dead happened in the uk like during the uh the negan arc the saviors and the alexandrians would have paused every once in a while to play play a match right mm-hmm. oh yeah let's, let's 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 solve these things on the pitch is that what they call it the pitch yeah they'd get a league going everybody would have their team there for there was some ex- inexplicable reason there'd be two teams with basically the same name yeah. Uh, they, so you could never tell them apart if you weren't from Manchester one of those places. Manchester United and Manchester Divided. Yep, <laughs> right. that's, that'd be the two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the old Flaming Cocks would go against uh-huh. the uh-huh. Tottenham Shitters. And <laughs> each one uh, would have a song. This is me at my ugliest American, by the way. Um, We're ready. Uh, We're obviously, call us up, Gimple. We'll write this for you. We got it. Obviously, every baseball bat will be a cricket bat with nails yeah. pounded through it and bar and wrapped with barbed wire. Uh huh. Uh huh. They would pronounce Negan Nagan for sure. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, that's got to do it for the season. That's about appropriate. TWD at baldmove.com if you want to get some early takes on uh, the Rick and Michonne, uh, the ones who survive, I believe, is what they're going with that title. We're going to check back with that in February. Uh, again, stay tuned to our social media at Bald Move or at Baldest Move on TikTok if you want to know when and where that's going to go down. Or, hey, you've been subscribed to here for 11 plus years. Let's keep it going. We're, we're, we're going to be back at some point. Uh, and then, yeah, if you'd like to support what we're doing, support.baldmove.com. As I previously mentioned, that's it. We're signing off from Mont Saint Michel. Until next season, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.